Welcome. Welcome. The show you're about to listen to is part of the Hopped Up Network's growing family of craft beer podcasts in the U.S. and Canada. Find this show and others like it at hoppedupnetwork.com, the spot for informative and entertaining craft beer podcasts. I got this. Okay. Ah, uh, I got it. Okay. Uh, I got some beers. Let's drink them, huh? Uh, and film at 11, why don't you follow me down to the brewery? I'll tie a bowling ball to my ankle, dive in the vat of beer. I'll leave this world the same way I entered my marriage. Dead drunk! Hello? Want a beer? Hook it up! Hook it up! Hook me up! Y'all heard, take it from the top. One, two. Beer? This is how we do it. My mic sound nice, check one. My mic sound nice, check two. My mic sound nice. Check three. Are you ready? That's cute. I remember when I had my first beer. You like parties? Yeah. We can invite all our friends and have soda and pie. Yeah. I hope no bad My mic sounds nice. Check one. My mic sounds nice. Check two. My mic sounds nice. Check three. My mic sounds nice. Check four. My mic sounds nice. Check five. My mic sounds nice. Check six. Are you ready? You want some of this milk? Rather have a beer. Give me if I kill that bird. Barbara, that's a bald eagle. Get a wig, baldy! Yeah! Good evening, good evening, and a double good evening. It's a scorch out there. This is the work with Mike, Pete, and Steve, and P.S. Here, virtually live on GovsRadio.com. We were also live on Facebook and live on YouTube. Go to the GovsRadio.com channel. And check us out for all of our live shows every other Monday here on GovsRadio.com. Also, you can go into our archives. Yes, we have archives. And you can check out all of our other 62 episodes over the last two and a half years. Check it out. Old shows with Steve, which was a good time as a guest. And the evolution of Steve becoming part of our show. The third part of our tripod on the work with Mike Keaton. Steve, let's get into some sponsors. uh, well, when does the docuseries, The Evolution of Steve Fabinski, when is that premiering on? Uh, it's going to be out on uh, 30 for 30 at ESPN. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Okay. And there's no athleticism involved. It's just <laughs> drinking beers. Drinking cans. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's, that's it. Let's get into our sponsors. Tonight's episode is sponsored by Brewbag. Go to brewbag.com and get your brewbag, your cornhole, the beer pong in one outdoor fun activity. Go to brewbag.com. Also, go to our Instagram page and go into our um, our, I guess, bio, and there's a link to a page that gives you 10% off. Yes, 10% off your brew bag order. Go to brewbag.com. Big shout out to Brewbag tonight. Also, we are sponsored by vintagebeershirtclub.com. Vintagebeershirt.club. I see, I told you I wouldn't get it three times in a row. That's it. I stumbled. Vintagebeerclubshirt.com. Uh, and grab your vintage beer shirt. Uh, some cool designs, cool logos, very nostalgic. 
Check them out. Type in the promo code WART, W-O-R-T. Oh, Nelson's so cute. Can we get Nelson on a vintage beer shirt club <laughs> t-shirt? He's already on a shirt. Yeah, that's I saw. S- that smirk is great. <laughs> <laughs> it's a constant smile. Let's put a smile on that face. Um, go to vintagebeerclubshirt.com and get your shirt today. Steve, take it away with Rosie's Draft Solutions. Yes, Rosie's Draft Solutions, located in Patchogue, family-owned. Uh, Nick, uh, the owner, uh, they basically do everything. Uh, when we had the brewery open, they did our cleaning uh, for us and did a great job. They uh, Actually, if you're not even a uh, professional brewer, if you're a home brewer, and you have a kegerator, you can set it up for you, clean out the lines, change out the lines, mm. all that good stuff. Uh, you can reach them at rosiesdraftsolution.com, 631-219-2075. Uh, if you have an emergency, they will come at any hour, basically, to help anybody out. Um, again, Nick does a fantastic job. Uh, he changed out a bunch of parts that we had that were broken that we didn't even know about. Uh, that's how detailed they are. Again, rosiesdraftsolution.com for all your cleaning and draft uh, usage. There you go. And now uh, if you talk uh, to uh, Nick. Everybody at, oh, sorry. I was going to say talk to Nick and tell him the work sent you. Yes. Uh, they had just cleaned the lines and certified the lines clean and ready for use at our uh, buddy Mark's Hopscotch yes. in Deer Park. Indeed. Um, anyone else we need to mention? Tavor, Tavor with beer shipped right to your door. Go to Tavor.com and get beer shipped right to you in the promo code type in WART, W-O-R-T, get a uh, percentage off your order, uh, your first order. And then from there, you'll get uh, immense emails about all the beer that they have coming out for all the country. Go to Tavor.com. Uh, taphandles.com, you got to give them a shout out for doing all our tap handle adapters that we've distributed to our restaurants and bars. They're out there. If you see them, ask them a little bit about what's going on there. Also, Hartwell Woodshop. You're going to see these uh, all around breweries uh, of our people that we've had on our show in previous uh, months and years and weeks. So go to uh, Hartwell Woodshop in the heart of Patchogue or go to hartwellwoodshop.com. And with that, did I forget anything? Brewers Hardware. Oh, shit. Brewers Hardware. Will over Brewers Hardware. How can I freaking forget Will? My bad. Brewers Hardware. Yeah, sorry, Gage. You're gonna get a Brewers Hardware shirt, by the way, in the mail. Yay! Always love industry beer shirts, right? I mean, well, I've got. I don't have enough free shirts. <laughs> I don't. Never Perfect. Will. We, we're gonna send you out a few. We'll talk to about, about shipping it out to you later. So go to BrewersHardware.com for your small capacity, even your larger needs. BrewersHardware.com sponsoring the word and handing out uh, some great gift certificates and some merch and stuff for our guests. So appreciate Will and the stuff that Brewers Hardware does for the show. And our guest for tonight, we have Gage from Non Sequitur coming in a hot day, hot day, and then having a very delicious, uh, very, very grapefruity beer that we just cracked open. Uh, Gage, again, thanks a lot. Yes. I want to tell the audience really quick, Gage was supposed to be in the studio sometime around, I was going to say late March, early April, we were aiming for somewhere in there. And then the pandemic hit, and then that was that. I know you also, you were a very busy man running around, getting your stuff out there, promoting, brewing, everything you can possibly do. Um, give us a little background uh, about, you know, the, the brand, we'll say, to start, and we'll get into some brews and, and fun times in a little while. But let's get, let's get the history. Uh, as I was reading and doing a little bit of my research, you started back in May of 2019. So just a little over a, a year ago was the announcement? So, we, yeah, it was the announcement, but we didn't okay. put out beer until October. Everything okay. was slow, you know that. 
Um, <laughs> and, and I will say for everything that I do, I don't brew myself. Okay. Uh, I don't, I don't ever want to pretend to be that person. I pay someone else who has way more experience than I do everywhere I go because that's just not my skill set. I have, I have all the other stuff. I help, you know, I, uh, I clip pack techs. I, I mill grain. I, uh, I'm going in Saturday to crash tanks. I can do lots. I just can't do it all. So, um, <laughs> you are very good at the promotion though. And, and a lot of the stuff that we see out on social media, um, is what caught our eye in the first place. I mean, the, the strikingly awesome can art that I know you won awards for the, um, the, the, the way you're promoting with, uh, your buddy Nelson there. Um, it just, it, it kind of struck a note for us. Pizza, you know, a dog owner. I just got a puppy a, uh, four weeks ago. So, Congrats. uh, Steve owns a, uh, you have one dog steve yeah now right now yeah. we do yeah so yeah i mean we're that comes up in the feed i'm like oh nelson so cute so yeah like yes yeah, all brought our dogs on the show uh no she maves upstairs going crazy she's yeah. she's losing her puppy mind right now so i'm in my office and uh my dog used to hang out down here with me while i worked uh and then the printer went on once and now he won't come down here anymore <laughs> the that's it too noisy that's it. <laughs> He's a scared little bitch sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Gage, yeah, g- give us a little background of the, uh, you know, that process from the announcement time to October. Cause that's interesting for someone um, of what you're doing. And would you consider yourself a, a, a nomadic brewery? How do you classify what you're doing? For sure. Right now? So, so it was from, from the announcement, you know, so I've, I've been working on this project. I mean, I wanted to have a brewery from the first time I home brewed. You know, I've made that mistake just like all the rest of us. And it was a matter of figuring out how to do it because I'm a a younger guy. I don't have a lot of money. I don't have a lot of money. (laughs) I don't have a lot of money. So, you know, figuring out how to get, uh, you know, get this whole thing done and get to market, it's it's difficult. And so we, you know, the the nomadic route or semi-nomadic, um, is what made the most sense because it, you know, let us lean on other people's expertise, use extra room, and uh, and have support in the parts of the business that I don't have expertise, uh, and also do it for a lot less. Hmm. You know, you just pay one beer at a time, two beers at a time, however that works. You know, whatever it might be. So, uh, you know, when we made the announcement, it was official that we were going to be making our beer at Torch and Crown. Uh, it was, there were a lot of license questions mm-hmm. that had to be sorted out, but you know, at that point they were basically like, yeah, thumbs up. We'll make you beer. Uh, we'll do everything that you need us to do so that we can get you to market. Um, there were some stumbles because we, so I pursued the sort of evil twin model, uh, okay. which inside of contract brewing is unique because, uh, Yepa slash evil twin prior to New York city opening didn't sell their own beer and that's part of why people were you know anti them for a period because of their they're a marketing company um but he as i uh were really involved in the process as much as possible it's just a, a legal technical definition right so i needed to partner with someone who could help me get to market vis-a-vis their licenses um which makes sense. I mean, that's the way to kind of move that forward if you want to proceed in that direction. Right. Rather, And then it meant that I didn't need to do self-distribution 
because we were we started producing 30 barrels at a time and right. delivering uh, 30 barrels worth of beer in New York City is a, is a that's a huge order if you yes. are not like a seasoned distribution person yourself mm-hmm. let alone set the sales element of it so uh, we worked together on that for a little while uh, and then I moved I, I you know took some to production to Red Hook at Keg and Lantern still make beer with them we have a distributor anyway um, so we I set out to do this thing uh, non sequitur as a slightly different you know I, I like the idea of being nomadic ish mm-hmm. um, but because we could, couldn't have a taproom for people to come to we hosted pop-up taprooms so we took yes. over non-traditional ah. drinking spaces with the first beer we took over a coffee shop the second beer we took over uh, alamo draft house and we screened space jam for <laughs> great movie yes the, yeah third beer we had a, a Birthday party for Nelson in a dog park. Uh, we just invited ah. people to a dog park and had a keg, and was we were just like, come hang out, drink beer. Um, we hosted an emo night dance party in a photo studio after the yeah. uh, world opening bash. So it's just about it was just like trying to do it different, have as much fun as possible. Um, and then with our beer, the fact of the matter is, if you're gonna if you have to make beer at this volume, uh, you got to make IPA. Don't get me wrong, I love IPA, um, but we, I didn't want to be another IPA brewery. We've all heard the conversation like, does, does the world need another IPA brewery? So I set out from the beginning to try and make uh, beers with hop selection as interesting as possible. So we, uh, we've done a lot of beers with experimental hops and we've done you know, as much new, st- new hop stuff as we possibly can and will do so in the future. Um, our latest beer, uh, the Little Dipster, is Galaxy and the South African Experimental XJA46. Uh, we have got on hand uh, three other, the other three South. Uh oh. Whoa. I was going to make the joke that XJA48 is what Max product. Oh, wait, he's there. Hold on. Gage, we, you, we, uh, you dropped out for a second. Oh, yep. Yeah, that's all right. Can you hear me now? Yep, you're okay. good now. Okay. We have, so you can pick we, up with the other three varieties. That's where we dropped you out when you were talking about those other three you had oh, on Oh, okay, hand. yeah. So we have, the, you know, we have the three South African varieties on hand that, that you just you can't get a lot of them. Not a lot of people are using them. So we have those to use. Uh, we're putting it in a table beer as well as eventually IPA. Um, we've got... The Citra Lupo Max, the brand new product that Haas announced last week. So they announced it on a Wednesday, and I thought about it all day uh, and found a home for it. I found a beer to put it into. Cool. So we'll have a beer out uh, by the end of the month that uses that brand new product. And it might be Citra. We all know Citra, but it is nobody else in New York City is going to beat me to it, I think. <laughs> nice. That'd be awesome. I could be wrong. Groundbreaking. Right. Are you, uh, what style is that going to go into? Have you decided on that yet? Another IPA. Oh, be another IPA. Okay, good. Yeah. Was so that, that with the Simcoe? So yeah. That so we yeah the the it's the first rebrew we're doing. Okay. Loose rebrew. So it was a Simcoe Citra Nelson double IPA. And what I've done is I put the Citra in the kettle instead of Simcoe. Then we put the Lupo Max in the dry hop. No Simcoe period, and uh, just took two points, uh, like 02 percent off the ABV. Just wanted to. 
what is the uh, the Lupo Max do for the process? What 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 flavors does that bring in? So the Lupo Max, similar, it's you could easily equate it to cryo hops. Okay, it's less plant matter, higher oil content, more concentrated. You get a you know it's you dose that at seventy percent the rate that you would T ninety standard pellets, hmm. and you get the you know the same amount of aroma, bitterness, etc as you would, plus you lose less uh, work, less liquid. Yeah, Ooh, well, you're definitely more yield is the way to go. Right. And especially if you can keep all those flavors, that's that's awesome. Yeah, I, I, I stopped into the brewery today. I opened the bag, it's going in tomorrow. Uh, it, it arrived today, it's going in tomorrow, and it smells phenomenal. I mean, mm. really, really punchy. It, you know you know what citrus smells like, but that is, it's super punchy and bright. So I'm, I'm excited to see what we get out of it. Um, and that beer packages next week. So nice. That'd be uh, a good one. Definitely to be on the lookout for. I, I want to go back really quick. So October, you guys had your first release, you say, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, so that first batch was with torch and crown, correct? Yes. Yeah. So we, everything from the, our first beer, which was called, are we still having fun mm-hmm. through uh, think about things, the yellow can Steve has, uh, that was all at Torch and Crown. Okay. And I mean, that was the one where the logos, and I, I'm going to go off of logos because we're going to talk about can art a little bit, sure. um, with the little uh, like mustard can guy. So the first- Or yeah, spray the first, paint can guy, whatever. Yeah, they're, they're beer cans. I mean, they are beer. They have pull tabs on their heads. Oh, they have pull tabs. Even... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that comes across- more like it only because I think you could see it more distinctly. But when you see the little, when it's the little guy in that other logo, right. it's like, oh, it looks like a little squeeze bottle. It's kind of cool. So that was, so the first, we started creating the brand visually um, three years ago. Wow. I was living in Chicago. I knew this guy, Mike, uh, who is our designer, who I just loved his work. And I gave him sort of a, here's a brief on what I think this will be like. And he gave me these pieces that ultimately became the first five labels characters. Okay. And then as we went into scaling up production and needing to do something, he needed to change the style so that I could do a portion of the work. Uh, and so we, he made the characters bigger, bolder, uh, took the name out of the character because if you look mm-hmm. at the first few labels, the name is a part of the character. Okay. Right, yeah. <clears throat> just off to the side. Uh, and so that allows us to, it just get, lets me finish the art or the, the piece and not put that work on him because he's a busy guy. <laughs> now, is the background of the, the, the can art, is that spray paint based? Is it tattoo based? What's the, what's the influence on, on how these yeah, labels come uh, across? Uh, it's, it's his, he's a cartoonist. Uh, so okay. he's a creative director by trade, but then his, if you check him out on Instagram at neon dinosaur, I'll plug him. There you go. Him. Uh, but you would see he, that's his, totally his visual style. Gotcha. That lines and bright colors, very goofy. And uh, everything yeah. has a butt or almost everything. <laughs> the, the skeleton doesn't, but it has a pelvis, which I think sort of counts. Twice. Yes. It's the, the front side of the butt. Mm-hmm. But if you, yeah, if you check out the, all the other cans have a, a little butt to them. <laughs> when I first saw some of the can art, it kind of reminded me of like Rocco's Modern Life mm-hmm. in that, you know, kind of cartoonish. It, 
It's accidentally '90s nostalgia. That yeah, I was going to say garbage pail kids. Mm. Oh, that's Ren a good. Ren and Stimpy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Loud and goofy. You know, at the end of the day, they're it, making. I'll say this: making cool beer is easy. If I if I wanted to just like give up all of my integrity today and wanted to be like a super hype brewery in three months, I could do it. That's not hard. You just put like 80% fruit puree into your beers and you, you know, kill your margins using hype hops and people will line up. They would come anywhere. It doesn't matter. But that's not the game I'm trying to play because that's fucking self set. That's, ah, that's lazy. That's cheap and lazy. You can make cool, great beer that people are excited about without being too cool for everybody else. Like, I love, you know, I, I love to talk about our beer, be friends with everybody, speak in a voice that says, like, it's just fucking beer. <laughs> that it is. I also think for you, it sounds like you want it to be more of a challenge anyway. You want it to be more of a game to play rather than just call it in and say that I'm a brewery. You like the challenge. You want to think about it. You want to have those challenges. For sure. Absolutely. I mean, if I, yeah, you could, we all know what hops work. We all know which ones are going to be tricky. We all know if you're using experimental hop, that could fall apart. That beer could fall flat. It doesn't matter where you put it or what you do with it. It might not work. They're experimental for a reason. <laughs> and, but I'm, I'm happy to, to do that. And I hope, I don't know that it, we're too young to say whether or not people see that and appreciate that, you know, but with the galaxy, the little dipster, our latest beer, um, we got, galaxy at a good price like uh which is very hard to do exactly it was on it was it came up on spot uh, at about like 25 percent off so i bought a bunch of it and i wanted uh, we had this slot for brewing i wanted to put it in the beer but i said making a beer with a bunch of galaxy and we had you know in in our cooler we've got citra we've got sabra we've got mosaic we've got all the obvious you know a bunch of the obvious stuff but I was like, I'm not trying to make a slam dunk beer by default. I want people to be surprised that something is at, you know, it's this new hop I've never heard of and Galaxy, which I love. And we got a phenomenal aroma on, on that combination. But the, uh, the kettle hop, we used some Southern Passion and it gave just a, a sharper, earthier bitterness. Um, it just... We added it, uh, maybe it was a little too hot in the kettle or whatever. So it's a, it, it detracts from that super bright aroma where you want that round citrusy soft bitterness. But we got, you know, we did something really interesting and I, and I love that beer and I stand by what we got out of it. I, I appreciate our uh, danker beers too. I mean, as much as I do like a good, you know, guava, pineapple-y feeling, I do like uh, that bite in the hops. Did, mm. did that kettle uh that hop kettle additive like really change it that much where i go oh this is not really you know a new england this is more like a west coast or was it just a just a slight change oh i mean i think because new england ipas tend to be so soft it is it is noticeable but at the same time the aroma is such that like peachy galaxy thing you know, you know, you smell it, you're like, that's galaxy. <laughs> and you just, it's galaxy is typically not paired up with something sharp on the palate. 
And so that I think, you know, and, and it's, it's a learning experience for me, you know, to say, I have to drink that beer and be like, ah, uh, yeah, I want a round citrusy thing because the aroma is just too peach, orange, you know, passion fruit, citrusy stuff. That's, that is, you know, in New England IPA, it ends up being the key. Like you, you need to right. match that, whatever that, however that bitterness comes through needs to be on the same page as the aroma. So Steve, uh, when did you engage meat? Uh, I know we were talking before the show um, that you have and share the same birthday. With yep. uh, when did you guys first uh, come into contact with each other? Uh, well, Gage was, uh, and I think you still work for uh, Beer Menus? So I, I did work for Beer Menus. Uh, oh. I, that ended in January. Okay. So on the brewery. Um, but we actually met, uh, it was, I worked at Tap and Barrel. Yes. Hot Pog. Hot Pog. Somewhere up there. Yeah. Up there. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it, was the fir- it was the fundraiser event at... Um, the bar in Patchog that is no longer there. Oh, uh, Hoptron. Hoptron. Great so place. I came to the fundraiser with uh, Tom Biner, who worked yes. at that bar and now is the GM at Covenhoven. We yep. also lived together briefly last year, for a year. Um, so we came and we drank a bunch of beers and, uh, you know, gave some money to the, to the fundraiser. Um, Thought it was, uh, you know, it was super cool to, to be, uh, to, to get involved in local beer. Because I was, I was new to craft beer within the year and, uh, and really excited about the local beer scene. Because at, at, on Long Island at that time, that was, what, seven years ago, six, seven yes. years ago, uh, was, was nascent, to say the least. I mean, Great South Bay had just moved to Bayshore, but... It was the tap room was just a kegerator in an yeah. empty warehouse space that is clearly still an office, right? <laughs> yep. It was a different time. So it was cool that Steve was starting something new. Yeah, and in one and of the things we run that, into each other at like draft brewers conferences and stuff like that. I saw him in Philly, uh, at my first CBC at, at just out of the bar. Yeah. Half in the bag. As you are for all of CBC. <laughs> yes. Which is kind of one of the reasons to go. Uh, 100%. Yeah. Now, did you guys, uh, when you went, you know, and started on this process, because you, you mentioned going down to CBC, uh, was there a lot of research behind this? I know you said you did some home brewing and it was a mistake, but, or as it is for me and Pete as well. I mean, Steve's first home brewing batch was yada, yada, yada. So I don't want to. I don't mean that home brewing is a mistake. I mean that like, as soon as you start home brewing, you just get that itch, Yeah. you know, and you want to keep making beer, but you can't drink beer that fast. And <laughs> you want to have a brewery because you want to be able to justify doing it and sharing it. Um, I don't, it's not a mistake. I totally just, just being facetious. Well, it was for me and it was for Pete. We were just God awful at it. We are certainly not brewers whatsoever. Um, we did homebrew kits and stuff like that and just nothing else came out right. So, uh, we're going to try to rectify that in about a month or so. We have a a big announcement coming up. We'll, we'll talk about that later, but, um, what I was going for is, is there's gotta be a lot of time spent 
leading up into you know May for the announcement, October with the beer release of just getting educated. What did that? I mean, how much emphasis did you have to put on that of your life to to get to this point? For sure. So so I worked at beer menus for by the time I left four years. So by the time we put out the first beer, three and a half, three years by the time we really kicked this into high gear. Mm. So I was in tune with craft beer at a national level, specifically in New York City. Um, It gave me, I was always doing market research is really what it was. I knew what, what bars were talking about of like all strata. It didn't matter if it was uh, a pretty boring program uh, where the food was the key or it was a bodega or it was tourist. I knew hmm. everybody. And so I could get a handle on what are they looking for. I dealt with consumers, so I knew what they were looking for. And so I, I had this, what I really approached the business, a really interesting perspective uh, on beer. And so then it was like, okay, well, everybody wants New England IPA. I, I loved that. I remember back when, you know, Hetty Topper didn't get distributed here. And I, Tom and I would, and Tony from Tappenborough would go to Vermont and pick beer up and bring it back. And that was something that you just couldn't get here. Uh, and I, I thought for the longest time, like my business plan gets less valuable by the day because more people get better at making New England IPA. Um, but then it was, okay, well, what makes a good, New England IPA. I have to make it. I have to make a lot of it. What are the key factors? And so I wasted every brewer, brewery owner, anybody who would sit down with me who knew anything about recipe writing and actual production. I was like, what do I need to know? Uh, and, you know, at the end of the day, everybody said, what do you mean? It's uh, your base malt, uh, wheat, oats, uh, flaked wheat, flaked oats, and a lot of hops. It's not, you know, particularly complicated. You have to be willing to spend the money on the hops if you want your product to shine. Uh, you know, you can make it better than others. It's not, you know, the basics are simple. The, mm-hmm. the best is not. Um, and, you know, this sort of range of yeast strains. But I, I took time from everybody, from, uh, you know, Innerborough and Other Half and Sand City and every brewery who would take five minutes to explain what they did I asked them, I hunted them down, I drank the beers, I talked to people, I made the friends. Um, And so when it came time to do it, it was just like, it was then, more importantly, it was about selling the beer. Starting a brewery and making beer at volume, it is way harder to sell it than it is to do anything else. In my context, I don't have to build, right? I don't have to Brewing and cellaring, that's hard, but then you have to convince people that they should buy it from you. And you're trying to turn a profit for your time. And, and without, a, without a tap room for people to, to taste it and say, I want this to go, and then talk about it with their friends, you had no platform there. Right. And so that's, where, you know, that's why I lean so heavily on social media. Right. It's been huge for discovery for us. We've really been able to build a following by you know, being fun and exciting and, and forthcoming. Like I, you know that when you're seeing it, that it's, it's just a voice. It's just me. I'm just saying whatever thing I have to say, whatever joke I have to tell, whatever that might be. So, I mean, yeah, it, it, was, it was a lot of research, but that research was very much built into what I was already doing with my life. 
so it, it made it easy. I did see uh, a, a while ago that you were on um, beer sessions uh, at the Heritage Radio over at the pizza joint. Mm-hmm. Cool spot. My, yeah, uh, here's a little fun factor. My buddy Don built the place. Oh. Yeah, he built it uh, back when he lived in uh, Bushwick area. And uh, I saw that you uh, were hanging with Chris from Dubco, uh, the guys from Barrier, Bill from Sand City. Mm-hmm. Um, is that kind of where that collaboration is kind of started with, I guess, Chris and Dubco? Because I've had your collab with Dubco, the, the mango. Uh-huh, Mai Tai. Now, that Mai was Tai. Awesome. I mean, so I knew because of, of beer menus and just hanging out in the New York City beer scene, I knew, you know, I knew all the breweries. So it was easy enough to get to, you know, to say to the people who are closer friends, hey, you know, we're starting out now. Would you mind making a beer with us? Some people took a little more effort than others. I couldn't return the favor, you know, which is right. key to collaboration. So it was really, it was tough to convince some people. But, uh, you know, that I knew that was really important to getting the brand out there and to cement that, you know, we weren't just some flash in the pan. We weren't just some marketing company because there are, you know, we're all getting hit with ads for, marketing company based beer brands uh you know i i get you know constantly i'm gonna hit with that stuff and we've had plenty of people who set out to be craft brands that settled into being grocery store brands and you know they don't they just they make their four staples and they cash their checks and it's it you can't lean on the culture and try to be a part of craft beer and you know, and behave that way. So yeah, you can't, we're all can't thinking one or two brands in our head right now that we're not. <laughs> Absolutely. We all have them. If you're playing along at home, you can scratch off your bingo cards as those names who, pop up. I know who Joe Bruzo is thinking of. <laughs> oh, <laughs> don't bring Joe no. I didn't wear the hat. I didn't wear that. Yeah, man. <laughs> all right, I'm going to get actually, actually, Joe's watching us. Uh, oh, is he? Oh, I, I'm not on Facebook. <laughs> Yeah, he's going to put it into the, the comments. Same, I'm thinking of the same brand, sir. Okay, I'm not. Just so you know, <laughs> um, but that—that's you know that's to be seen. I mean, how are you going to stop that marketing level? You're not. You're not going to compete with that. That's a tough yeah. thing to do. Hey, they're they're uh, those some of those brands are very good at what they do as far as as far as being a marketing. You know, uh, right. and that's the beer is not bad. It's, it's, some of it's quite good. Uh, I wish so one of my favorites it. wasn't getting made. Yeah, it's not bad. It's good stuff. It's bad. Not exciting. Now, if, if, right. you're, uh, if you're going to the grocery store, I'd rather buy something from one of these, you know, semi-local brewers uh, than, you know, fucking Bud Light or uh, something, you know, or Coors. So hmm. step up. Yeah, step now, up from there. And they, you know, they... they is it just you uh, who is, are you non-sequitur or do you have a partner or? So I, so it's, it is mostly me. I'm the day-to-day. I am the creative decisions. Uh, my girlfriend, Simone, uh, we, she is, you know, a ton of effort in this, a ton of sales and creative and a perpetual sounding board as well. And Simone uh, is uh, checking in on Facebook saying fire. There you yes. go. So thanks for watching. She's watching, and um, and then now that we've we've uh, expanded to Kag and Lantern, and we're trying to you know grow and 
we have the distributor, so there's room to make more product. We took on a couple of investors, um, and it's it's small stuff. It's it's just to keep the wheels turning. Um, but it gave us, you know, we took the investment, and it gave us the opportunity to buy all the Galaxy and all the South African stuff, and just all these hops that I wouldn't have been able to save the money on, because now there's there's cash to to put towards those initiatives. That we're just love capital. Tell me a little bit about, I want to go back to that Dubco collab, because I remember that distinctly as my first experience with your beer, um, the, the Mai Tai. Yep. Uh, you guys brewed that obviously out at Dubco, correct? Mm-hmm. How did, what was the process? What was, it was a, was it a, an IPA? But it was, IPA, yeah. yeah. So that one, that was fun because, you know, Crit, I'll, I love telling this story. I don't know that Chris and I have had the dialogue about it, but um, when Chris and I met, he and Joe, who is listening, yes, he were is. super drunk after uh, opening Bash. That doesn't years. sound right. Joe, <laughs> no, that that's not Joe at all. Yeah. That's on brand. And, and they, uh, <laughs> they thought that I uh, said something negative about them when they were within earshot um, and tried to like muscle up on me a little bit at threes after, after the, the fest. Uh-huh. And they were like, we heard you were talking shit. And I was like, no, no, no. You just, you, you heard what I said. Like you missed five words and then it was out of context. And so, no, I like you guys, no worries. And they were like, and it like, we had this conversation and they were just like a little bit like up, Joe was a little bit up on me. And then by the time it wrapped up, we had invented a new beer menus product and we were like <laughs> best friends. And we went out till the bars closed. And so Chris and I have been fairly close all the years. Joe and I have been close. And when it came time to make these beers, I said, Chris, are you game? And he said, fuck yeah, what do you want to do? And for them, for everybody else, I wanted to make not IPA. I was making IPA, so we made a milk stout, we made a Saison, we made a fruited sour, but it made sense to make an IPA with Debco. So right. uh, I said, let's make it different than mine. He said, fruit, I said, yes. And uh, <laughs> we went for a cocktail-inspired Mai Tai, so it was orange and pineapple. And that was a, a phenomenal beer. And I learned a lot about uh, hazy IPA production that day mm. with Chris. He, he does some things that he learned from uh, Chief at Industrial Arts mm-hmm. that he swears by. And, you know, I mean, you can't argue with Chief and Chris, so... They are, they're making killer IPA. So I, I appreciate that day he gave me. I sold it into a bunch of spots in the city to make good on that. Yeah, yeah exactly. And I think that's part of the, the cool part of the collab. So now Dubco can be found on the shelves as a collab beer in the city. And we, I found it very easily at one of my local distributors of your brand and label. So that's why I said it was like one of those first things. I go, what's this new thing here? Hmm. And then also, shout, you know, out, shout out to Chris and Joe if you're listening. Joe, Joe keeps commenting. Uh-oh. All right, well, tell him. Oh, God, Joe's I would love like, to know what those comments are. Joe's like, ha-ha, threes, yes. <laughs> well, they can come to Red Hook and make a beer with me. Yeah, there you go. Now, now I can host people because I, this facility, I'm, I'm there all the time, much closer to the process. So we've got, um, well, we'll talk about future beer later. Yeah. The Keg and Lantern lineup are you talking about? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I saw some, some posts towards it. So yeah, we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit. Yeah. And Joe uh, has been just saying uh, hashtag not local. And then he said, not at three. 
Simone's still saying hi and waving, I guess, because I mentioned it. it's a two minute delay between where we're going and then what uh, they're seeing. So they're seeing it in a bit of a delay. So the, the comments that come back then are in a delay. So they'll comment on things that we talked about a while ago. Um, let, let's talk a little bit about, you know, from, from that point on, moving forward after the Dubco collab, you were working with uh, Torch and Crown, obviously, up until the most recent uh, releases. Let, let's go through that process of coming up with, you know, your recipe, talking with the guys over there uh, until you get to the point where you're in production. And then I guess during that time, you have to come up with the, the sales plan for where it's going to go and where it's going to be. So give me that whole spectrum of processes. Um, sure. So, so with Torch and Crown, we had a, a standing like the third of the month we made a beer. Okay. And so I, I had this sort of template to work from on a grain bill percentage wise to make a New England IPA and would with each beer try different things. So for one beer, we, I added, you know, 8% golden naked oats and tweaked some other things, you know, around that or tried more wheat malt, uh, tried flaked rye. And what's funny, mm. funniest about, I think rye is my favorite thing that I've learned about, uh, is that when you tell people there's rye in their IPA, generally speaking, not a popular decision. <laughs> people hand that the first beer where I said rye was in it for having rye in it, even though it was a great beer that they otherwise loved. But then I added rye in multiple other beers and just didn't say it. Right. And they performed better. And a je ne sais quoi, it, it gives depth <laughs> to the beer. Uh, and it's a phenomenal rating. I love using, and I will say it, flaked rye is in almost all of our IPAs. Wow. You know what's funny bit. is, uh, uh, Ghost and Dubco have a new collab out that has rye in it that I'm dying to try because the last one they did, they did a milk stout that had rye and caraway, I think. Caraway okay. uh, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, a, like a sandwich. Ghost yeah. in the Machine. Ghost in the Machine, which I loved, and I'm not a, I'm not a big stout fan. Uh, so because this, this new one, this new IPA has rye in it, I'm very curious to try it. There you go. So, so, you know, I would, I would, you know, work with that grain bill and then it was about, you know, what hops could I get and were striking at the moment. So, you know, the first, first beer was, um, cashmere and Hollertau Blanc. Ooh. And I was really excited by it, but I didn't put enough. That was the, the, the big lesson of the first beer, not enough hops. Hmm. And so up to the dry hop, the second one, we got a good deal on, Rakao, I, I mean, I was excited to use it. Don't get me wrong. We got a good deal, so we put a lot in it. Uh -huh. And then I said, okay, well, I want to make a beer with Nelson. So Citra and Nelson was a great combo. That's, you should have seen this coming. Yep. And then we got into more experimental weird stuff. Um, we did some, the Bruce is in uh, Think About Things and Lemmy Geta was our February release. So that was a, that's a blend from New Zealand. It was brand new. Um, and now, you know, sitting in the cooler, it was just, it was like, buy it all if, it, if the price is right and we'll use it soon enough or we have contracts coming in. So that's the craziest thing. Yes. Now we're old enough to get contracts and we're getting contracts at the right time because breweries have given them up. Yep. Most people 
are assuming shrinking. So we got Nelson, we got Galaxy, we got Rewaka, which I couldn't mm. believe. When the rep told me, I have Rewaka you can buy, I said, I want 220 pounds, five, four or five beers worth, and thinking that I was shooting way above my weight class. And he's like, you got <laughs> crazy. Um, we, have a, we have a bunch of- A year ago, got, you wouldn't have sniffed that. What's up? A year ago, you would have never even sniffed that. No way. Not, yeah. a, not a shot in hell. Um, and we've got, we got a, a ton of Strata because I love it. Um, and Citra and the Citro Lupo Max and just all, like all this. We have so much cool stuff coming in. I, it, I have so many beers that I'm dreaming of now because I've spent so much time thinking about hops and hop combinations and flavors and what will we get uh, that is not just Citra, Amarillo, Simcoe, Slam Dunks. And just like, what can we do? What's the craziest thing we can do with all, all these hops that we have to play with? It must be nice to have all the, the toys just to that's, ooh, experimentation that's time. That's the game. That's it. It's, and it, but it's, and uh, you know, I can still do it in a way that is interesting to me, I, you know, cause I've been drinking hazy IPAs since this was a thing and I'm exhausted. I'm typically exhausted by it. Yeah. So now I get to, you know, have the most fun, but also I can make Pilsners. Yeah. <laughs> I promise I can make those. We, we're uh, we're three weeks into a or three and a half weeks in. Our pilsner is in the tank. Ooh, nice! Watering away. Mm-hmm. Ooh, we're doing. Uh, we we're using uh, uh, Czech pills malt. Are you going? So we uh, did, um, I guess traditional, or are you doing more of a? So I'm going more uh, Italian pills with it. Oh, okay. So we used we used the raw uh, pilsner base malt just because that's what we're using now. Um, bought a bunch of it. I like it. Uh, want to see it in different uh, use, style uses. And then um, we got the Ericlea, the Heritage Italian Pilsner Malt. So that felt mm. like the right thing to do, even though it's Italian Pilsner is not really Italian. Um, and then German Tetmanger. And uh, so uh, it's all Tet, um, about a pound per barrel. Mm. And then... Uh, a dry lager, uh, classic strain. So you said you were, you were holding on to a, a ton of different kinds of hops. Do you have a, a place to store this all? Are you storing it torch and crown? Are you like setting up shop kind of that like that? Or do you have a separate uh, unit or place to store this stuff and then bring it to you on a brew day? Uh, so, so right now everything we've, we've already bought other than our contract stuff, we keep it at keg and lantern. Oh, okay. Our keg and lantern. Okay. Yep. There's a couple, you know, a little bit of room in the cold box. We stack them up in there, and uh, yeah, they they have been so kind as to give us that room, uh, so that we can. Because we, I mean, we we have two IPAs in the tank: the one with the Lupo Max, and then a single IPA, which is called People Power. It's our entry in the Threes Project. Ooh, and that's what Joe was, was talking about. It was supposed to be um, Azaka and our very first contract, uh, Matueka from new zealand it was supposed to so the matuek you know hops in the southern hemisphere get picked mm-hmm. through like may at the latest yep. processed and shipped so it was supposed to land in la at the beginning of july like the first week 
And then I told our rep who we got the contract with, I said, send it immediately, turn it right around, put 44 pounds on the truck. I want to put it straight into a beer because to me, it was a huge milestone to have our first contract. It was going to be one of our first IPAs in the new facility. Um, it was just a really exciting moment. And of course the, our Matsueka didn't make it. Ah, from so, the ship to the truck or from the truck to you? From the, to the ship. It didn't even make it to LA. Ah. So we won't get it until August. Oh no. But because we had already purchased other stuff, I had 44 pounds of brew one in the cooler. <laughs> so I said, fine, throw the brew one in it instead. So when you say contract for these hops, what dumb question, what, what, what is that? Can you? Yeah. So, so when you contract for hops, I'm saying today that over the course of uh, December ish of this year through next year, I will buy such a volume okay. of hops. And, uh, and you know, if I don't, if I don't pick them all up by August or f- fall of next year, then I either pay them storage or they ship them all to me and I owe them all that money up front. Yep. Or at that gotcha. Point. Thank you. Yeah, there, were, there was a point in time where guys were contracting year, like five years in advance. I had to contract my Vic Secret for 2021. Sure. I wow. couldn't get it for this year. Yep. And, and yeah. is that truly and that's a, just- a popular thing right this moment? I mean, I don't see too many out there. Vic Secret? Yeah, I, I mean, not not highlighting the Vic Secret. Maybe they're in a blend or a combination of other hops, but I don't see them being highlighted as like a single hopped, you know, series. Every so often, maybe like San, even San City does like their Soup du Jour and they'll have, you mm-hmm. know, their Simcoe. They had their Galaxy just come out. They've had Vic Secret. Um, but not too many breweries are doing that. So I don't see how the volume of Vic Secret would be taken up to that level. Production is lower. Ah, yes. well, there you go. Uh, there's just not, enough, there's not as much of that out there compared to other varieties. Exactly. So you, I mean, the, th- the fact of the matter is, th- this is also, so also a place where we benefit, is that, all right, we've got 8,000 breweries. How many of them are even making beer with Vic Secret? Right. How many of them are making beer or more than one beer with Galaxy? Because typically, Galaxy is 27 plus a pound if you don't have a contract. Okay, I got it for $20 a pound. And, mm. and we're, use, we're talking about using... 44 pounds of this thousands of dollars we got it at 20 that's a that's a great deal but our contract for galaxy is 1650 so we save more than ten dollars a pound off the going market rate uh to to put that into beer and like you said when you're when you're going up to 400 pounds at a purchase price it's like you know when the the dollars of the gas prices went off. You're like, ah, whatever, three dollars, three or four. Now it's a dollar ninety nine. You're like, wow, how much money did I really save every time I filled up my tank? It's crazy. Every dollar does count. Mm-hmm. So it's similar to like an airline buying oil futures. To yes, absolutely. Okay. And, and we, you know, we we have the room to do so. Uh, yeah. Our our production now would eat almost all of these if we grow. We're going to buy other stuff, and we have a ton of hops to play with. And, and what's what's a variety that you you just can't get right now that you really want to work with? What's the what's the that cool hop that you just can't get your hands on right now? Well, so you mean today or in contracts for next year? Because because so I mean, Vic Secret is the one that I wanted, uh, and it it I could buy it spot right now, but it would just be very expensive and it it defeats the purpose. And then it drives the cost up of the beer and exactly. Yeah. So for you know that's that's definitely one. 
But when I got the, the list of Southern Hemisphere options and Rewaka was on it, I never, never would have dreamed of using that hop. Mm. It was, I remember I went to Cellar Maker in San Francisco five plus years ago and had a single hop Rewaka beer and was, it was my favorite beer I had ever had. And for easily two years after that, it was insanely good. Uh, and Rewaka was just one of those hops that was impossible to come by. The only people who made Rewaka beers were Cellar Maker, Hill Farmstead, Tired Hands, other half. That's how hard it was to come by. Yeah. And, and they pretty uh, much had now, a lock on it because they were making such volume right. that that was it. They were soaking it all up. Right. And now there's more. Now other mm. people can get it. But I, I still see it so infrequently. It is, to me, a mythical product. I can't believe I can get it. So let's, uh, let's, let's turn uh, the page a little bit and start talking about what we have in front of us, what we could find out here today, because uh, honestly, a, a lot of the places are sold out of the beer that you're getting out here in, on Long Island. It's harder to find, which is good for you and good for right. yeah. One of those everything. good problems, right? Yeah, it's a good problem to have. Uh, for the consumer, you really got to then jump on it and we'll talk about, you know, where you can find your beer and the releases coming up and all that other good stuff. Um, the first one that I had tonight, uh, just to start off, was uh, Love Your Friends. It was a, or Die Laughing. Is that what it is? Love Your Love Friends, your friends die, die Laughing. Yep. Um, give us a little uh, breakdown on this because uh, this so far was a, a very good Delicious. You know, New, New England IPA. Um, so that is far and away our best received beer. Um, as, as it says, should be, it was very good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and it's partially because strata, strata plus enigma slam dunk everybody mm -hmm. strata. There's a reason strata is crushing right now and you can't get it. Um, and so we, we signed our contract for next year. So we got our hands on some for now. That was very lucky. Um, and, uh, it's got comet in the kettle. Mm. I, I bought the comet because I had the, Dubco Space Junk, which ah. is Galaxy. And I thought, this is great. And I love all of the things about this that are not Galaxy, as well as the things that are Galaxy. So uh, that was how I decided to put that in that beer. And it crushed. It's so good. I, I knew from like seven days into fermentation out of three weeks that that beer was going to kill. It's awesome. And, uh, and I'm you know, thrilled that people are loving it, that it's holding up, that it is, it's just a remarkable beer. And we brewed it for uh, Harlem Hops, Beer Noggin, Draft Industries, Mohawk Tap Room, and the local, all um, Harlem slash Westchester slash Duchess slash Rockland uh, counties. Um, but so yeah, we, we made that beer for them and, uh, and then sent after they got their fair share of it, which was really just the first week, we, we shared it with other people and got gobbled up, disappeared. Yeah, I like it a lot. Uh, juicy, smells delicious. Definitely dank. Pick up that dank. Uh, yeah. What is, oh, you know, never mind. Dumb question. I answered myself. <laughs> you, read, now you, you read, didn't you? I did. <laughs> it's like Pinot Noir. Wait, no, wait. No, no Grease. I got it. I'm done. Great, great. So, I, I mean, the, the, that, that, that's a, that beer was, I drank it so quick. Um, yeah. Uh, but I have more of it. So, uh, it was very good. <laughs> but this, I, it's, the, it's something such a unique flavor to it. Yeah. It's that, floral. That I, 
I actually like like you 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 were saying, Gage. You know, you could just easily churn out those, you know, easy tasting that everybody else does type of beers. But this one, for me right now, I'm I'm just kind of savoring it right now because it's really uh, it hits on a bunch of different notes that uh, I really dig. And um, so, yeah, out of the two right now, this that this one is really, uh, I'm really really enjoying it. Excellent. I'm I'm glad you dig it. You know that one. I, when you put fruit into stuff, into beer rather specifically, it's always tricky to hit the right place. Sure. Because people want different things from their fruit beers, fruit IPAs specifically. Because there is that, there's everything from the, you know, uh, like Love Your Friends smells and tastes of fruit but has none, all the way through to 50% puree beers right? <laughs> and and where you land no matter where you go you won't you won't hit it for everybody else you'll you'll you know or you won't hit it for everybody at least and so like for me personally that guava that fruit character in that is too much really so oh, you, it, you, I actually didn't like it really uh, and it mellowed the first week and then I got to a point where I was like okay this is very fruity it's not what I want but I like it and I get it, you know? Hmm. And that's, it's, it's so funny because when you, as Steve, as you know, when you make a bunch of beers, you're not going to want to drink a lot of all of them. Some of them are yes. just not going to do it for you personally. Yep. Everybody, the, would, everybody would always ask me, what's your, what's the, your favorite beer? I'm like, not one of mine. <laughs> and what? I'm like, I could drink my beer anytime and I've had them and... I labored over it too much. It pissed me off too much. Yep. I know, you You know, you you were like, oh, that Pilsner? Yeah, I think about it. that beer was six months in the making and it was all stressed <laughs> and I couldn't source this or that. And then this thing went wrong on the canning day. Yep. It, it's so funny to think about the the creative nature of, of the business because... I know everything about each of these beers. If I don't, I might like the way it tastes, but not want to drink it because it pisses me off for different reasons. <laughs> to a layperson, like an outsider, that that just sounds so crazy that like you brew. Yeah, it wouldn't you, be. Yeah, this is your. You would just How could you not automatically be brewing whatever you wanted, and that right. that would they would all be your favorites. Right, but the thing is that you can't just brew whatever you want because it wouldn't sell. No. Nope. Hold on. There we have, have oh, something coming in. He has the fucking shirt oh. and everything. Hey, hey, back off. Back off. Don't get all up on Gage like that. Come on. Back off of him. It's so funny. Uh, Steve, as you know, when you make a bunch of beers. Uh-oh. He doesn't have uh-oh. his audio on. It's in it's yeah, in the audio off. Well, now I have to go get a mead from my fridge. Hold on. No. Joe, you got your audio on? No, nah, your audio. No, it's not. Uh, you have us muted. And... Uh, I think we still heard you in the background. So well, just unmute it. Listening. There you go. There hey, go. there it is. There we go. I know. You, you, know, you, you, were like, you, got, you got the show playing in the background. So just turn whatever app's playing our show in the background. And then there you, you don't have to worry about it. There you go. Perfect. What up, buddy? What up, homie? You were, uh, okay. you, were, you were having so many comments in the Facebook feed. I was just like, just come on the show at this point. I was bored. I, mean, I watched you guys. I was like, and yeah, fuck that brand. <laughs> here, we go. here we go. Oh, I know we're talking about the same one, but did we we didn't drop the name, did we? No, we didn't. Oh, we didn't have, no, no. Oh, we don't we have, have to. to. 
Everyone we knows. Know. It's an inside thing. Yeah, I know. Back, back we all know. We all know. <laughs> Joe, uh, you know, Gage this was Joe popped us- on. Oh, there you go. Got to crack open. Uh, Gage was talking about shit. the uh, the time you and Chris kind of uh, uh, rolled up on him in the streets, uh, and it turned out to oh, be a I match remember, made in heaven. There are bits and pieces that night I remember, and bits and pieces I don't remember. Um, <laughs> yeah, I exactly. We were infused with another brewery, not Gage, and I think uh. part of it kind of like fell together. But that's uh. for that's, that's for another a non-public time. So you saw, you heard some of Gage's words mixed with another brewer's words, put it together, and was like, "He's saying I shit." I, I didn't hear my this motherfucker. This I, I, honestly, that was a black, that was a blackout night. Yes. I, ended up, <laughs> I, I ended up driving back in the Sand City van, sitting on a ke- sitting on a keg. I don't know well, how you I, weren't sleeping on green. No, I was fucking uh, that. that I, I, we we poured meat at the at the fermentation fest early, and I rolled right into right into to the opening bash with Chris. Mm. It was like a. 17 hour day oh. <laughs> Yo, so, so you Gage, guys Gage, you guys are killing it dude everything's so good thank you <laughs> <laughs> i mean listen man just like we were saying right before you came on you know like it looks good people like it the product is good and i want to tear my hair out every second of every fucking day <laughs> welcome, to, welcome to business ownership exactly dude <laughs> we all got I, something I, I, I want to uh, go back. So you you and, uh, I guess, Chris, you guys were running the streets a little bit. Where'd you guys end up that night? You said you are going back to San City afterwards? No, we, we, we left. We left. Billy drove us back to Billy's apartment. Okay. And we were drinking We were drinking beer. I was drinking beer sitting on a keg in the back of the San City delivery van. Then we went back to Billy's house, and Billy started opening weird 18% stouts at <laughs> 2.30 in the morning. Sounds about right. Next hours of drinking. It's about right. Gage, where'd you end up that night? Uh, threes. Then uh, we ended up at Tender Trap with um, <laughs> Sophia and Matt. Sophia, ex-industrial arts Matt from Threes, uh, dancing for a while. Uh, <laughs> oh, not that Tender Trap? That, oh, I no. was thinking of the one in Comac. That's, oh, yeah. no, no, no. that's, that's okay. a Tender Trap I was thinking of. No, 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 Greenpoint, Greenpoint. Because we, we, we just walked around the corner. Um, I was like, are you went all the way out to the tender track? I'm like, that's threes to Comac? Like, that's <laughs> gross. <odd. laughs> gross. I got someone who works in Garnerville and Brooklyn to go out there. No way. No way. <laughs> no way. Um, um, yeah, we did that. And then uh, I think that was it. I think, I mean, I think it would like, that was, it was already two in the morning by the time we left threes. Easy. Yeah, easy. Long night. You you were talking, Gage, earlier about uh, the the discussions about how you can take over the world with uh, Chris and Joe. What what was that discussion like? Oh, so we were um, what we had come up with was a was a presale engine for for beer, mm-hmm. uh, which like some breweries have been using Eventbrite and shit like that. I talked to Steve about this a while back too, yep. and it was just like if people are lining up to buy your beer and you're selling out quickly, what if we offered them an easy solution where they didn't have to wait in line, uh, could buy it online and it would be that revenue would come to you faster. Right. It would be a ticketed event where you'd be guaranteed your spot. Like at a, like during a pandemic when you need it. And now for beer menus, that, that product has turned into their new backbone because you know, they need to help people sell, uh, without a lot of, uh, or lower impact, low contact. 
Go I'm going to give you a, a quick example of how that could have helped me today. Um, I'm on. Yeah, how'd Instagram. that go? It's, I saw a little salty message there to a. To oh, a I was so brewery, pissed. Mike. I was so pissed. So at 12 o'clock, uh, Hudson River Valley came out with. Uh, <laughs> you named names. Yeah, I did. Uh, Hudson Hudson you Valley, Valley, not River Valley. Hudson Valley came out with their farmhouse, and they had this whole release. You know, at 12 o'clock. And listen, I asked them to be on the show. I I even you know you know the message I sent. I'm not being playing coy here. But they came out with a message at 12 o'clock saying it's a three-bottle minimum. Um, get your three bottles, ship it, send it. Great. I was in. At 12.05, I logged in. I set everything up. I put three bottles in my cart. It said there are 16 bottles left. I'm like, great. I went through the shipping process, the payment process. I hit checkout. It says it's sold out. I'm like, how can that be? It literally took me two minutes to enter my information. And in that two minutes, well, take, 16 baby. bottles are gone. Sure. In that two on minutes? the plus side, yeah, you'll yeah, never yeah, have yeah. to have the disappointment of meeting your heroes because they're never coming on the podcast. No, they so. may. They Who knows? You never well, know. It's all these young kids with these computers that have all that shit logged in already. Because you're fucking old, dude. You keep no, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not that old, Joe. You gotta oh, keep that forward, man. I have the, the, the automatic fill in. I have the auto fill know, set. Because I was able to get Trillium, mm -hmm. Treehouse, mm -hmm. and Bissell this past week. Yeah, no kidding. I didn't get sold out. And, I, and I'm going to say this uh, Steve, you, you dropped off beer, and I know you had it. I said, I, I, we were talking earlier uh, yesterday and, and before the show. What do we get for you who can pretty much get anything, travel and get anything you want? Yeah, seriously, How do I get what, something like, you can't again, get? God, I'd feel like such an ass coming to like yeah. a fucking like a so bottle. I, I saw it in, in my mind like here. I can get three bottles. One for me, one for Here's Pete, this one beer for I bought down the street. Like what like <laughs> Right. I mean you we you can get any local beer we can get. So I was trying to do something different with the farmhouse and it's a it's one of their original farmhouses. So I'm like, this is perfect. That's exactly what I wanted to get, Steve, for for bringing over beer. I told you I'd get you back. So I'm like, this is I was just so disappointed and it literally, and that's what I wrote in the, in the DM. I'm like, dot, 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 disappointed. I am disappointed. <laughs> so it would make sense gauge to have some sort of ticketed event that if, if I pay my $25, which can cover my shipping fee then and get my spot in line. So I don't lose out on it. Then I get it. It, it just makes but, more sense. That, I mean, I guess in my cart doesn't mean it's mine disappointed yeah <laughs> the thing is that with with super hype breweries like hudson valley where they know that that stuff is going to disappear in a second five minutes is not incentivized to participate and even that pre-ticket thing mm. sell out just as quickly yeah yeah i, I guess there has to be some incentive there you know pre-coronavirus there were only so many i mean there, there were so many more breweries who fit into this model making sense it's just like you, uh, if you have a line, you can help alleviate that line. <laughs> the easiest targets are people who are like you're buying two cases of, you know, filling up trucks of mm. mules. The big thing with, with lines too. Lines were, were causing havoc. Um, people that lived in the area didn't like them. Um, you know, cops were ticketing people for drinking online. Right. So. Dan I mean, City comes to mind. Really, really, and, really, and other really half, and obviously it. other half had some big problems with the, a couple incidents in the last few months, or even years. But that, like, that, if you want, yeah, uh, yeah, the guy with the gun. 
That was, it was so crazy. Right. So someone right. threw a white claw at him or something, or he threw a white claw at somebody. Yeah, it was. It was something like ridiculous. very low, low brow. Uh, Did he shoot the white claw? Is that what the gun was for? No, he like threw a white claw. <laughs> one of the one of the hipsters online waiting on other half. Yeah. That's fair. But even like uh, a place, let's say like Treehouse, like you said, Pete, uh, Steve. Um, the the line there sucked. I mean, even as much as I I like to do it as like a you know kind of like a, a getaway moment or whatever. That that whole process is just awful. It just it lessens they, uh, the experience. They were, I was t- I was telling Pete earlier today. So we weren't allowed even to get out of our car. We I ordered at nine thirty in the morning. Mm-hmm. We drove there. They had the serpentine traffic all through their parking lots, everywhere around, and you had to have a your ticket number mm-hmm. on a piece of paper with your last name, and you put it up against your window. And they would do six to seven cars at a time. And the guy would radio ahead, uh, you know, four, five, seven, three, five, Paminsky. And we would pull up and he came with, you know, hand trucks up to your car, left it there. You weren't allowed to get out of your car until the, the person that brought it to you walked away. Then you were able to get out, put it in your truck, car, and then close the door, and then they would come back and get it, and the next six cars would come. I mean, I mean, it sounds like they they're trying to adapt, but it's there's got to be a better way to do that kind of stuff. You know that, yeah, thank you for sharing that, by the way, because that frees up like six hours of my vacation that I <laughs> never have gotten back. Yeah, we, we waited by not doing probably, that. <laughs> we waited about forty five minutes just driving around the parking lots to try to get. I mean, I mean, I think it would have been easier for me with with three young kids in the car no. and a clearly frustrated wife. Uh, no. It probably would have been easier. So much easier. They'll find your dead body on the side of the road. <laughs> <laughs> right by that big treehouse wooden entrance sign. There you go. <laughs> on the side of the road. He either got way too drunk or his wife murdered him for taking her there. Yeah. Makes sense. Uh, Gage, you see like a, a better solution to all of this that that makes more sense, not just the treehouse or, or other half issue, but just in general, what could be a better overall concept for breweries that are, have high volume outputs and, and do these releases. And, and I know you've been doing some very unique things like hosting, um, like you said, tastings in different various areas. Um, and I had a question about that back when you we were talking about it, you know, how, do you have to get permits to do it at the coffee shop? Uh, but is there a, a, a bigger idea that we can kind of follow? Is there something better? You know, it's tough. It's it's consumer driven, you know. And the fact of the matter is that Treehouse cannot, no solution will be good enough to account for the fact that there are, you know, 20,000 people who want to buy their beer every day. Yep. Until we like, don't get me wrong. Treehouse makes phenomenal beer. They rarely miss if I don't even, I don't, I would say they never miss because they just probably dump something. If it was a miss, you know, they're in that position. Mm. They don't send beer out to distribution. So they make all the money themselves. Uh, I remember talking to them about CBC. They said, um, BSG or YCH, you know, one of the big companies wanted them to send beer because it was made with their products. And they hmm. said, okay, for you, yes. We'll send one Sixtal. That's all we can spare. Do you know how many Sixtals we sent out of the house in that year? Three total, yours included, they said. And it's just like, you're deciding that you can't send beer out of the house because you make 10X the dollar amount because you keep it yep. in it. 
bike. Do that, make that money, great. But for consumers, it is up to them. Consumers idolize those brands. They say, everything Treehouse does is gold. I will wait hours and hours in line to get it. They have captured a wide enough swath of people to do that. Other half, a wide enough swath of people to do that. But there are only 15 of those breweries in the country. Right. So, you know, the, the, the situation that sucks is really only for people who are willing to participate in those limited number of breweries. Your other breweries are just have beer available or at least for a day. If right. you could take all, yourself all out of like wanting that beer for a minute and just like read the, like go onto their website and you read like, hey, we're only going to let you buy two of these beers. By the way, they're $10 each can and they're going to sell like just if you just objectively take yourself out of it, it's insane. Uh, but they will sell it all yep. Uh, yep. at two cans a person. Right. Joe, what were you going to say? That us mere mortals have to hold on to products for a little longer. <laughs> right. Seriously. We keep our stuff By the way, I hadn't had this uh, particular variety yet, uh, but it's fucking great, Joe. Keeping a Lindy number two. Oh, the blueberry ginger? Yeah, that's like our, yeah, it's good. Second, that's our second best seller. Uh, did, now, you had Keeping It Lindy, really the first one, right? That went out with that, that ticket event in the local area with the local restaurants, correct? It was, it was a half one with Ryan. Ah, that's right. And we just keep two because people just want it all the fucking time. Yeah. So, it's really good, man. Yeah, it came out really good. We're, we're happy with the way that comes out all the time. It's one of the ones we have to like almost keep around like steadily. Did you drink that habanero I gave you? What? Did you drink that habanero I gave you? Oh, and again, I, no, because then I, then I got busy and people came in and I couldn't drink it. Okay, that's good though. I'll probably, drink it, I'll probably drink it tomorrow as we're... As at at nine o'clock in the morning when the new tanks are showing up. <laughs> so I that I was just about to ask you. I saw the variance notice on the uh, the storefront. Tank, our, our, our tank our tanks are literally being delivered at eight a.m. tomorrow. Did you nice. vote no to the variance, Mike? No, did I show did not. Up and voice your concerns. No, no. <laughs> of course not. Guys, I don't want these guys producing here. <laughs> these motherfuckers! They're bringing down the value of property in my area. They took down the Taekwondo place, and now they're going to start setting up shop. What Where will doing? the children go if not for the Taekwondo place? They, now they're going to make alcohol in this place. <laughs> and not only that, but they bully Gage around when they see something. Yeah, I can't support this. Can't support that. Uh, so you you got the tanks coming in tomorrow. So what's the the plan here? I don't know. Ho- ho- hopefully, have it set up and <laughs> no. I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully make stuff by the end of, by September. Okay. So Fair it's enough. about a month out or so. Okay. Yeah. Mm. All right, good. And so this is going to be the, like a major production spot, right? This is not a tasting pretty, room again? Yeah, pretty. I mean, pretty major. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to be that big. I mean, we're only, we're, we're, we're only getting 10-barrel unit tanks, so it's not that big. Yeah, but still, it's going to double your production that you're making now, right? Don't, don't get those yeah. expectations up too high, Joe. You don't want to like... Joe, if you had to do a collab with Gage and some of his uh, more recent recipes that he's had, which one would you probably want to go in on the most? I would want I would want to do like like a, a New England style IPA with Halton Blanc, uh, blueberry, and ginger. Because Halton oh, Blanc adds those those blueberry notes. That's I mean I, I want something fun like that. Because Pat Pat Alpha from Greenport Harbor did a did a, a pilsner with the Hal Top that had all those like blueberry notes too. It was awesome. Hmm. We could also put honey in it, man. Come there on, that, that too. Obviously, we'd have to. 
So, so Joe, since Gage is, uh, you know, doing his nomadic contracting thing, where would you guys want, like, end up brewing this? Out here on the island, or would you travel into the city for this one? That was stupid. Yeah, I'd go to the city. It'd be a fun day. I, and I love Keg and Lantern. I saw that in the comments. I was trying to set you up on that awesome. one. I love that place. Yeah. So, so that's Greenpoint. Yeah. They, the facility in Red Hook is, uh, I mean, the, the kitchen is smaller and also not open every day. Typically, when we're in there, there's no food. But uh, right around the corner from hometown barbecue, though, we can do that too. And, and then maybe go to Widow Jane and drink some and drink some bourbon. There you go. There you go. Oh, that sounds like a 16-hour day again. <laughs> I, looks like I'm gonna have to Uber there or take some sort of public transportation. Be no driving that day. Hey, wear a mask. Bourbon. Anyway, uh, Gage, so you're you're set up now to contract at Keg and Lantern. You got your next two beers. Is that true? The next two are coming out through them? Three. Boom. Uh, give us the breakdown of, of what is I, I know you kind of mentioned it here and there. What are what's the, we the schedule here? So yes. So in the bright, we've been loggering in the bright, because you know, you just make do with the tanks you have. So uh, we have an Italian Pilsner, all tet. Mm-hmm. Uh, five, it five plus weeks by the time it comes out. That's called um. It's, excuse me. It's finally here, uh, or something like that. I should remember. I sent the label in today. <laughs> uh, whatever. It uh, it's an Italian poster. It's and it's a break from our visual style previously, but but still fairly similar. Just nice, crispy, easy. We have, we're going to have a shitload of it and I'm taking five boy. cases home and I'm going to drink it every day. Uh, nice. Then our single IPA people power. That's a new recipe. 6%. So small, our smallest IPA to date. Uh, that's a, a light hopping of Azaka in the kettle and then Azaka and brew one in the dry hop. So pineapple primarily cause brew one gives huge pineapple and mm. then, uh, Tropical fruits uh, will come in behind that from the Azaka. You and said then, small. Does that mean session? Or are we talking about ABV? Or are we talking about small batch in regards to quantity? No, no. I just mean the, the volume of hops. Like okay. The, oh, okay. Light hopping. So it, it'll be a more mellow flavor um, in the kettle. Mm-hmm. Mouthfeel, rather. Uh, and then we've got the uh, double dry hop. You should have seen this coming. So that's the Citra, Citra Lupo Max, Nelson, uh, 7.5% double IPA. So I, I, I know your your best friend there, Nelson, was he named after the hop or was... He was. He yeah. was. 100%. It would be weird to call him Simcoe and people would just know. But because right. Nelson's such a regular name. That, uh, that Jerez from Other Half started, that his name is Simcoe. Uh, and so now amongst the, you know, the people of the New York city beer scene, they like to fuck with me. <laughs> and it's like, I, I don't mind if you want to see him and call him Simcoe, but when you call him Simcoe on the internet and then people <laughs> think that's really his name who don't know, that hurts my feelings. Dog, <laughs> that's he's hurtful. stupid. He doesn't, <laughs> sorry. He's stupid though. He doesn't know, <laughs> you know, he doesn't understand what his name is or isn't. So. And you have a, a pretty cool tattoo of him, correct? Let's see it. There it is. Oh, there he is. Look at that. Fantastic uh, artwork. The other day, I delivered some beer to someone uh, who lives in my neighborhood. So I walked carrying 
uh, pizza box. We, we made these pizza box. Oh, actually, I just, I'll grab one. Hang on. There you go. Ooh, we're getting a tour. Oh, I thought it was MTV crib style. Um, <laughs> so we made these pizza boxes. There you go. That have his face on them. Love it with the mask. It's great. Masked up. And I delivered carrying the pizza box with the beer, same as it ever was, that had his face on it and walking him. <laughs> so someone stopped. He's like st- being difficult because he's a French bulldog and he is difficult. Stops at their table at a restaurant outside and they're like, oh my God, is that the dog? And That's I turn to them and I'm like, where? <laughs> on my arm, the beer can or the box? <laughs> they lost their mind. Yeah. So happy. Oh my God. Were they were they craft beer fans? Did you end up uh, engaging them a little bit about it? Yeah, yeah. I, I uh, they they followed us on Instagram. Cool. So, they, we, so they were starstruck to see Nelson walking around. Nelson, I, and it's crazy. I don't say this for any other reason than I'm. I've been genuinely shocked. Nelson has been recognized on the street more than once. <laughs> How about you? Have you been recognized that? on the street more than once? <laughs> not me. No, not me. <laughs> Just the dog. They said that makes sense. I was, he was in my backpack. We were yeah. biking uh, around Prospect Park, Simone, my girlfriend, and I. And we, like, pull over, and some guy is biking by, and he says, oh, my God, is that Nelson? And I said, uh, yeah, what? And he says, that's incredible. Holy shit, I'm ordering beer from you this week. <laughs> that's okay. got to be a cool thing, Great. because it's not just a, a recognize of, of the animal that you love, but it's a recognized element of your brand. It means that... It's, it's weird. Like, so for instance, when we go out and, and anyone goes, aren't you, you know, part of that podcast? I'm like, huh? When we get people on Instagram and, and uh, again, I'm not trying to be self-indulgent. I'm just saying, no, you to, to, no, no, you're part of the show, <laughs> Steve, shut your mouth. Um, you know, they, they, like some random people will, will respond. I'm like, who, who is this guy? And like, been listening to your podcast for the last year or so. Love everything you're doing. Thanks. It's, it's just, it's, it's rewarding weird. that weird. all the, the time. Weird. Yeah, it is weird. And aren't you Joe Bruzo, that guy who creates honey wine? That's fantastic. No one even knows who the fuck meat is. Like, no one knows who <laughs> it is. So every Dude, now and then, I had to explain it to my dad. After my, yeah. after my mom had already went to the went to the meadery. Bro, Larkers, Larkers know who you are. Oh, God. Larkers. <laughs> and, yeah, those live-action role-play guys. Yeah. Oh, God. That's like they know you, bro. They know the mead. Um, so it, it's got to be kind of... Many of them come in. Honestly. Yeah. It's got to be rewarding just to kind of have justification for all the hard work. There he is. There he hey, is. Buddy. Got up from his nap. No, yeah. So and it's got to be rewarding just to get that justification from your brand, from the, the work you put in and go, yes, it's working. People, right. random people that are not my friends and not my family that haven't heard it from my dad or my cousin that told them about it are, are getting it. They understand it. it. It's especially crazy in New York City. There's uh, so many people. Right. It's, it's, if, if I was in a small town, if I was in a concentrated place, it would still be crazy. Don't get me wrong. But it's especially crazy because it's New York, and I've, you know, I, you know, I grew up wanting to live here, being obsessed with it. I will die here happily uh, <laughs> next week or in fifty years, who knows? But you know, it it is it's crazy and it's really satisfying, and it, it it is one of those things that because as as you guys know, you know, running a business isn't easy, and at the end of the day, every every beer is difficult one way or another. Nothing is simple or or ideal. 
So, uh, yeah, that's one of those things that really lifts you up. Yeah, it's, so, always, it's always those few magic moments that you have where you're like, wow, you know, everything I've done, that was just for that moment was really worth it because you get that recognition that you never, ever expected in a weird place at a weird time. And you're just like, okay, that was pretty cool. I'll keep it going, I guess. It's like, why do people really want to talk to me? Like, <laughs> I, it's like, cool. I mean, thank you, but like, I don't know, people, people want to talk to you about stuff. It's just, it's still, it's, it's still weird to me. It is. And, and, and you see it in daily life. You're not at a, a, a craft beer festival. You're not at a, uh, a tasting. You're not at a, a bar where your beer is being served. You're in a random spot that just wouldn't make sense that people would recognize you. And I think that's what makes it rewarding. Like I said, just random places. I want to gauge. I want to talk a little bit about, you know, think about things um, because I'm, I'm a few uh, gulps into this. And I know you said, you know, it wasn't hitting the spots that you'd want it to hit. But what I like about this is that even though like guava taste is forefront, there's still a good amount of bitterness to it that doesn't make it overly sweet. And I think that's why I'm still going back to it and refilling my glass because it's hitting the note for me because I like bitter. I like um, I not, not the overly job. fruited, sweeted IPAs. This this kind of is very well balanced again with yeah. a, just enough fruit to enough of the the bittering hops. So pe- people really dig that, um, and I'm ha- I'm happy that people enjoy it. It's not that I think it's bad. I don't think it's bad or that it no. hit the mark. It's just for me personally as a drinker because at the end of the day, uh, you if I have anything handy, it is a lot of my own beer, mm. and so that's just one that I. Get out of here. I'll have two, four packs of before it's over, you know, whereas love your friends, two cases. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Indeed. But that was a a healthy Simcoe in the kettle. Um, And yeah, I mean, we otherwise left it to be left it for the fruit, but. Uh, You've alluded to a lot of, uh, you know, like influences and stuff that you're into. So what would be, you know, some of the, and I'm not trying to get away from your questions at the end there, Steve, I'm just going to stay away from the styles for a moment, but what would be your, your biggest influence throughout all of this? Um, you know, the process since last year to, you know, um, you know, I, I think that it's grim. I think grim is my influence. Mm. Most of all, there is some, certainly something to be said for trying to push actively push the envelope. Uh, Hot Butcher does that as well in Chicago. And we're super close. We made, I mean, uh, Big For Your Boots, which we made right as quarantine happened. I saw that post, yeah. They came out here in February to make that beer. We made a beer with them called Thunderbolt, which was all Sabro um, in January. And uh, so, so mo- like, business overall, it's it's grim. They're weird. They are you know, very fun and whimsical and just sort of doing what seems to strike them most of the time. But Hop Butcher, uh, name is a, is a good key. They're Hop Geeks, yep. you know? They, they care a lot about what hops they're using and not just slam dunking Citra Galaxy every single time, even though they certainly could. Yeah, you also participated in the All Together Now or All Together 
collaboration, worldwide collaboration. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a recipe obviously handed down from other half. Mm-hmm. Did you do that with Torch and Crown or was that something else that you did something different with them? How did, how did that process go? Sure. So we brewed that at Torch and Crown. Okay. Uh, and because, you know, it, what's, that, that beer is so funny or the recipe is so funny because there are lots of breweries out there who still hadn't unlocked the key to New England IPA. Yep. And they yes. got that recipe from other half, which if you read it is incredibly simple. It's like, it's Pilsner or two row. It's a, it may even have said, take your pick. Um, <laughs> oats, flaked wheat, C20 or something like that. It was like, it was an incredibly simple recipe. The hops were, I mean, it was like five different hops. It was not, not complicated. Um, and then, you know, open on the yeast, uh, something London three-ish if you wanted to make a hazy. But mm. some breweries really leaned into the other half piece and they were like, pretended as if Sam and Matt flew to Ames, Iowa to make the beer with them. <laughs> At the end of the day, I, opt, I, I said, okay, I get what we're doing here. I'll hit the ABV target. Um, we added more flaked grains, subbed for Pilsner malt because I used Pilsner as my base instead of two row and subbed a chunk of the mosaic for HBC 586. Uh, now, is, it, is that because you had it on hand or was mosaic harder to get? What was the... I, I personally really don't like mosaic. Oh, okay. I have a hearty contract for next year and every day that passes, I regret it more. <laughs> I, don't it. I don't like mosaic very much hmm. but uh i wanted to cut down on the noise that mosaic would give to that recipe so i added something that i thought i would like much more and and it gave uh it gave something to that recipe so and people you know one of the other half employees who i won't name hmm. said they liked it better than every other version other than their own Ooh, big ups so I'll take it. And I'm sure they've had probably a lot of them. I saw a lot of uh, Instagram accounts that are just the altogether beers from all over the world as much as they can find. And they compare them. They compare and contrast how the different breweries take the same recipe and then brew it to their yep. liking. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the bigger thing, uh, Gage, was that the fact that they made over a million dollars for the hospitality yep. workers and professionals. Now, my question is, so the sales of that beer for you, you don't have a tasting room. So was that just a donation back to, is there a, a fund? How is that working if you're not a tasting room? Right. So, so they let you pick your charity. Oh, okay, good. All um, right. Or organization. And some people, uh, like uh, someone in California, you know, they had to lay off their whole front of house staff. Mm-hmm. So they just donated that to the tip pool for their front of house staff. And see, I thought that's I, uh, what it was, but I didn't realize they were putting out, you know, you can donate to a charity or there's a fund where you can donate that would distribute for everybody. Everybody got to pick whatever they wanted to do. This other half didn't centralize anything. Okay. Uh, as far as the charitable aspect is concerned. Right. But I just, I waited until other half announced who they were going to donate to, which was the Restaurant Workers Community Foundation, mm-hmm. which is a large charity that has been very active during COVID. Uh, and so that was who I donated to. 
Very cool. And we, you know, uh, we donated the equivalent of a dollar per four pack. Nice. Um, we, you know, we don't make a lot of money selling our beer into distribution, as you can imagine. Yeah. Uh, so it was like, we, we did the best we could with it, but we also always donate to charity. So that's the, the missing piece we haven't talked about with the business, but that every month we donate a portion of the proceeds to charity, period. So uh, what are your typical charities that you're donating to? So we've done the ACLU, we've done Planned Parenthood, uh, and then for a period we got, at the beginning of the year, I tried to be very focused on New York City. Mm-hmm. So we did Make the Road New York, uh, which is an immigration-focused charity. Yep. Uh, we were going to do, Chris Maestro, who owns Beer Wax, was trying to start a charity mm-hmm. uh, for hip-hop men- mental health in like the local music scene in Brooklyn. That didn't work out. It was too complicated. So he requested that I donate to the Kings Against Violence Initiative, which is a Brooklyn-based anti-violence education organization cool um restaurant workers um in the wake of george floyd we donated to reclaim the block which is a specific minneapolis-based organization we are doing campaign zero this month which is uh for um uh to reduce police violence we did the equal justice initiative which is uh anti-police brutality pro um equal rights voting rights etc so you know we're we're we're, i i care a lot about social uh racial justice um women's rights lgbtq rights you know because it it's funny i think about this there's a million hills that you can stand on and shout about and like arts and education and youth and illness tends not to be mine Social ills tend to be mine, but um, I wish more people were doing that sort of thing. But yeah, we're donating every month. So, so you're changing up the charity every month? Every month we're doing someone new. Yep. Very cool. That's awesome, man. Uh, Joe, I got a quick question because the All Together came to mind. I know you guys didn't participate, correct? Correct. But I know I Ryan at 27A participated. How Do you know how they distributed uh, their funds or... If I'm not mistaken, he used it for the people at his tasting room staff that he laid off. Good. All right. Yeah. So that was, I, I mean, was pretty he, sure. If, that's... You, if you've been there, his batches are like literally three barrel batches. Right. So, it, I mean, it wasn't very much. But it like, was, yeah, I, but it was also. It towards, yeah. Towards, towards uh, this, the, sta- the couple staff members that he had that he laid off. Yeah. Very small place, Gage, uh, 27. I don't know if you've been out to it. They, um, they sent me uh, edible glitter. Yes, you had, they did a Tiger King. They did a Tiger King glitter. I feel beer. like we didn't get enough mileage out of glitter. Tiger King beers. Oh, yeah. Uh, glitter? It, it was, I don't know, man. Do we need more mileage out of Joe Exotic? <laughs> I don't think so. No. What a fucking shit show. Oh, God. It's the best. I, 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 I think I'm going to make a, uh, a new statement. I'm going to call Joe from WME Works Joe Exotic. His, look how uh, his hair has grown. Shit. Look at that back. Wow. Yeah, bro, he's really, an animal right now. Look at that. He you looks like be... one of the wild Samoans from like wrestling. Yes. How yes. many uh how many tiger big cats do you own, Joe? <laughs> uh, <laughs> in Hurst. Zero, but I but I am getting a dog at the end of at the end of April. Uh, the oh, Are you finally you getting go. the fucking dog? Probably getting that fucking dog. It was that weird like terrier breed, right? Not a terrier, it's a pointer. There you go. But uh, yes, they they were they were born in 29th. 
I will be picking it up sometime around uh, August 24th. Uh, what, what was this breed again, please? A wire-haired pointing Griffon. Wow. That's it. Fun. God damn, that is specific, sir. Yep. And, and see, Good I got to do you. a DNA test on my dog because it was a rescue dog. And everyone has their own opinions on what she is. And most recently, I've had a bunch of people saying there's pointer in her because she is literally at the squirrels, at the birds. Her tail goes straight back when she sees a bug or anything. It's got that, those tendencies of what the pointers are. So, it, it, I, of course, a lot of hounds, some pits, some terrier, everything is in there. But it, Does it, she it, run away from loud noises like my dog? Is that a breed-specific function? or that, no. That's called the puss dog. <laughs> I, that's what I have. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gage, very did, aggressive towards the Amazon driver, but other than that. Gage, did uh, Nelson have a hard time with the fireworks in the neighborhood? Terrible time. Really? Dude, I got my dog like fucking doggy Xanax to try and he, get uh, the He does CBD. Yeah, yeah Nelson, there you go. Nelson you know what? <laughs> there you go, Pete. You're missing out on the CBD. That's, <laughs> that's, what it is. that's what it is. Yeah. I had to get this fucker doggy xanax to try and get him through july and here i am at eight o'clock at night on the fourth of july walking my dog around the neighborhood as like three blocks away they're shooting off grucci and she was hiding under a bush for a minute i'm like what are you doing stupid come on let's go get out Dude, of here it's just fireworks engage me in this like very lengthy conversation while i was just trying to like walk my dog in the fourth of july like look i just need this guy to shit like today <laughs> Because he won't until like tomorrow afternoon if I don't get him out now. Yeah. He's so deathly afraid of what's going on. Joe, you're lucky you're getting your dog after the 4th of July. You have a whole year to to prepare. Part of it's a a business decision too. I mean, how awesome would it be to walk into the fucking meteries and be like a dog there? Yeah. How how old is it at this point? Do you know? Uh, I think it's three weeks old today. Oh boy. You got got a lot. You got eight weeks. Do you have enough time to train this thing? I have so many dog questions for you. Yes, I, I've actually gone down the rabbit hole of, of uh, training, training sporting dogs. Okay. Sometimes, when it's, sometimes when it was slow during quarantine and I'm waiting for people to pick stuff up, I literally just watch dog watch training videos. Watch YouTube videos, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. I follow this, 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 this breeder that, does, uh, that breeds German short-haired pointers. So, yeah. like, I'm like, a, I'm, like a go- I'm like a goddamn professional going into this. Hmm. You, do you watch that Zach guy? And Zach how to train your dog? I don't forget his last name. It's Zach something. Nope. Do you know who I'm talking about? I need to watch some more. My dog is very dumb and poorly trained. Oh. Part of that's on you, man. Yeah, he was it, so good. It's, it's that time of the, the show that Steve asked his most important questions. Ooh, it's time for Steve Faminsky asks the important questions. All right, Gage. So I ask every, every person that comes on, what was the first that you can remember gateway beer that really got you into craft beer. What is your favorite style of beer? Okay. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> you got to ask these one at a time. Yeah, there's there. a lot there. You have to unpack that. It's not that much guys. <laughs> no, it is. Number one. Gateway? Number one. Yeah. What is my, what was my gateway beer? I know exactly. I didn't drink until I was 20. Wow. And I worked at Buffalo Wild Wings in the Broadway Mall in Hicksville. Wow. Uh, Wait, are you, are you from Long Island? No. I, uh, <laughs> but I, went, to, I went to Hofstra. So when did you go to Hofstra? Hold on. How old are you? Uh, uh, I, I'll tell you, I'm 40. Are you close or far? Four years uh, ahead or behind? He's a pup. 
Okay. So I went to Hofstra as well for broadcasting, okay. audio and video. I, I was on I, I, WHRU. Mm -hmm. I, buy, I buy that given I, you know, right now. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, so I, I worked at Buffalo Wild Wings and they okay. did craft beer. And uh, I didn't drink. And one day uh, during pumpkin season, a bottle of pumpkin got sent back and they uh, poured it out for the staff. And people were like, ooh, it tastes like pumpkin. Oh my God, wow, I love this. And I said, what do you mean? Beer doesn't taste like anything. Beer tastes like nothing. Beer is bad. Well, you drink it to get drunk. And they said, no, beer is like stuff sometimes. <laughs> beer <laughs> is like stuff sometimes. Yeah. Oh, that's the name of a beer right there. Beer <laughs> is stuff sometimes. And so I learned about craft beer. And so uh, the next day I went to Hicksville Beer and Soda, uh, which is the was for a long time the only place in Nassau County uh, that had our beer. Because Andrew and I are still friends to this day. Yes, Hicksville, uh, also home of local to locals. Andrew, yes. yeah, Andrew, Andrew's the best. Andrew's a good dude. He's a super nice dude. Yeah. Bought a six pack of beer, drank a sip of each, dumped them down the drain. <laughs> uh, but I was a two minute drive away, so eventually I got a handle on craft beer, and so pumpkin, pumpkin beer is the reason that I am here today. And I would say pumpkin was is probably one of the better of the pumpkin beers out there. Agreed. If you're going to actually drink one. Right. Okay, so what's your favorite? Wait, stuff? wait, Gage, I have a follow-up question really quick. Gage, how many rims did you have to do at Buffalo Wild Wings for those pumpkins? Oh, I wasn't a bartender. Oh, God, the fucking oh, cinnamon right. sugar. Oh, yeah. I didn't have to, but boy, yeah. I cannot imagine what how, how many they were doing. So, Gage, I, I, I've been a bartender, well, I was a bartender for 20 years. Uh, so I can't even start to begin to calculate the right. number of times since the, the rim was a thing, how many rims I've actually sugared and how many times I've had to teach people how not to do it. So it doesn't completely encapsulate your hand in honey <laughs> or sugar. So when you're drinking, you can actually enjoy it like a margarita. If you ever had a margarita with salt, the salt doesn't drip, shouldn't be dripping down the side and getting all over your hands it should be sitting there on the rim and people just don't get it. So sorry, I had to interject. It's a, it's a terrible thing either way. I don't want to <laughs> sugar Yeah, Steve, ask uh, your uh, second part. What is your favorite style? Um, I would say Pilsner. Super mm. wide scope. Oh. I love a nice crispy beer. Is it an Italian Pilsner like I've made? Is it... Crispy boy. Right. Yeah, Christy boy. Whatever. Who do you think is making a good Pilsner right now? Uh, Oxbow. Other than you, obviously. Ooh, Oxbow. Oxbow? I was just I, there, they, man. They introduced Seaworthy. Uh, they may not have introduced Seaworthy this year. May have been around last year, but we got... So I work at Beer Karma in Williamsburg hmm. uh, a couple days a week because owning a brewery at this stage doesn't pay the bills. Yeah. And um, That was going to be my follow-up question later. Like, what are you yeah. doing? Other than uh -huh. this. And so we got Seaworthy, uh, Northern Lager, and Grand Royal, which is a Hellas. All in, I know a Hellas isn't a Pilsner. Don't fight me. Um, but they're <laughs> just me. like killing the lager game. Yep. Phenomenal, crispy, easy. Mm, just so good. Oh, okay. Now, the last part of this question is, what, other than your own beer, what is your go-to beer now if you happen to see it somewhere? You're not going to like the answer. <laughs> is it High Life? 
I don't have to it like is. Get it the is. fuck out of here, I guess. Hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent high life. High life. There's nothing wrong with that. I love high life. I was going with PPR. Corn and rice loggers fucking kill it for me because I'm all I make is hoppy shit. All I want to drink is lagers now. I, go, I, go I don't think I've drink. ever had a Miller High Life. You never had a Miller High yeah. Life? No, what come on. fucking rock are you living under? <laughs> what, uh, a rock in Farmingdale? I mean, <laughs> he doesn't live in Brooklyn, dude. No. He, he drank so much Miller High Life filled in the meadery. Like, so much Miller High Life. Well, now I feel a challenge. I'll have to stop by with a six pack. There you <laughs> go. I, I've been drinking. You know, you're coming. I'll get, I'll get a bottle of Aperol, and we'll make you drink Aperol in that, too. Ooh. What is, good. Challenge is. accepted. Fucking Don't even know what that is. Yep. Don't it's worry. I'll no, come down good. on my I'll come you down know. on my Segway down Very Broadway. Interesting. No, I, uh, I just took off of August, so I think I'll find time. Yeah, yeah. there you go. I, uh, I, I've been drinking Sam 76. I, I, I've gotten like a, a taste like for like a nice outdoor hot summer day lager. It's just been one of those, and again, I'm I, I we we host a craft beer podcast, and and as much as I love the IPAs, drink heavy, um, you know, multiple adjunct beers in ninety degree heat, it's tough. You want something light and refreshing and crisp. I'm with so. you on that lager. That yeah. that, uh, that Garvey's Point one we had recently. Oh I thought yes, was very great. good. Actually, Unless yeah. I drank a hundred Dub Lights. <laughs> Dub lights. Yesterday, Have you been- and Dub, if you get kids, Dub Light Lime is wonderful too. Ooh! Can you take your regular Dub Light and put a lime in it, and it's no, the same it, experience? It's, it's, it's a variant. Yeah, they made a variant of Dub Light called Dub, Dub Light Lime. It's it's, mm. it's something you can drink of. Have they gotten the cease and desist letter yet? That Not yet. Not yet. It's that coming. Pretty fucking ridiculous. I am actually surprised they have not because it's, yeah. it's adamant. It's it's like yeah, fuck you. And I love that. They, they, it seems they, like everyone, a failure they, in their part that they haven't gotten the season. <laughs> they, 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 they literally went after every single big, like, like, yep. Bartle, like, Coors, like, like, all, like, all the big mm-hmm. brands on that list. Oh, yeah. There's a mountain in the background on the yep. label. Yeah. And, fucking best. I love it. It's good. Gage, before when you were talking about uh, one of the, the questions or the answers to Steve's questions, you reminded me a lot of John Mulaney. It really, you really have that, that delivery system of, of John Mulaney. It was, it, I don't know how to explain it, but it, I was like, oh, what does he remind me of right now? Like he's the, the, you're, you're, uh, I say I worked in governor's comedy club. That's where we usually have our show at the studio okay. in Govs. And so I've seen John live on stage and I've, I've met him backstage and it just, he has his mannerisms about him. And uh, I get to know a lot of the comics mannerisms by giving him drinks and serving them. And again, being a bartender. Um, but that just stood out immediately. Anyone ever tell you anything about that's, Oh uh, yeah, I've, I've got I've gotten that before. Yeah, yeah, he's because I, I yeah you know, deadpan and yeah, try and take those pauses. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There you go. That's mm-hmm. it. That's what I it like was. the bit about fucking uh, your dad stopping at McDonald's and getting just a black coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I I've spent so much time, and so this is this is leading up to this question, Gage. I spent a lot of time in in quarantine watching. Uh, comedy specials on Netflix and and anything I can. Thinking just about because, your day job. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, my day job is a teacher, so I'm off. But uh, I can't fathom what's going to happen. We go back in September if we go back. Anyway, um, I, I've been trying just to laugh again because there hasn't been comedy or there hasn't been 
live shows and there hasn't been this interaction, social interaction between people. Um, what has really uh, evolved here over the last few months with your brand that you are both disappointed maybe in or like very surprised that it's happened? Um, well, I'm, it's huh, a tough one. The, the need to be, so we've always been reliant on the internet, right? We've always been a brand that was good at and focused on marketing. Uh, but it got, it always got to be something we were good at that was secondary to a real life experience. So we always, it didn't matter if we were posting every day and we had this great tone and people learned about us every single day. They could come out to a bar and go to an event and meet me or meet the dog or experience this thing that I wanted them to experience. Mm. Now I have to lean harder into that thing, which is fine, but I can't back it up with the real life experience that I built this brand to be. I, I mean, I knew this wasn't going to be a brand with a, like a permanent tap room in the middle of Bushwick that everybody would, you know, queue up for cans at. I know we're not that. I don't want to be that. I wanted it to be this weird, fun, goofy thing, and I can't. Mm. It is not safe nor smart to execute on the thing that made this the most fun. Right. And that was always the part that I worked the hardest on. I mean, I, I had never, when we did the emo night after opening bash, it was, I dumped a lot of money into that venue. I pulled strings to get pull licenses to get beers in there. Hmm. I was there till four in the morning cleaning. I made, I learned how to DJ and did a DJ set. Like nice. I put so much into that four hour event and I was, so happy to do so. I loved it. It was so much fun. I was tearing my hair out the whole time running all over, but it was so much fun. But it was this physical, real, uh, real realization of the thing that non sequitur is on the internet. Hmm. And people can't have that now. I yeah. can't share with them because also like, yeah, people are doing virtual happy hours and they're doing virtual collabs and they're whatever putting it on the internet, but it's not the same. No, I don't like it. I don't like that. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to make cheap my, the experience I want to give just so that I can give it to you. So that is, that's the, we've always been the internet focused brand, but now I can't back it up with the thing that matters. Right. It was always an internet idea, but then you wanted to have that real life experience to go along with it, to complete the experience. Right. Cause I was never, I was never just a half, half ass, half cracked idea. It's never <laughs> just that thing. It was everything, but now it can't be. Uh, one, one question I don't think we've asked yet. How, how did the name come about? How did the name? Yeah, non sequitur. So um, when I was, I was living, still living in Brooklyn before I, I was in Chicago for six months when I came to non sequitur, but uh, living in Brooklyn, I had the name Crooked Tooth. I filed the incorporation, and it was named for Nelson's bad teeth because he's got terrible teeth. Uh, and then after I filed it and I was working through uh, trying to contract in Chicago, 
uh, my coworker said, hey man, I was just Googling around and I discovered Crooked Tooth is a name that's already taken. By a really? In uh, Tempe, somewhere huh. in Arizona. Arizona. And they're a brew pub and will never overlap. Hmm. But they, uh, they had the name and it was just like, I was Crooked Tooth Beer Company, they're Crooked Tooth Brewery, you know? Hmm. And I just didn't search the right combination of words. Their SEO yeah. wasn't very good. So I sat down, pissed off in that moment, and said, I need to come up with a name that is not like anything that came before it or anything that's going to come after it, something that's super unique. And I had, you know, these, like, floating pieces of the idea that it would be weird and that it would be fun and unusual. And a non sequitur is a, a phrase or a, a sentence fragment that is unrelated to what came before or comes after it. Uh, and so it was a perfect you know, a moment where it was like, oh, this is, I need a non sequitur. That's a name. I can use that name. <laughs> And people, it's, you know, there's nothing close to it. And people can't pronounce it or spell it, but <laughs> it is a good name. I misspelled it several times when I was reaching out to beer distributors to see if they had yep. products in stock. <laughs> That's okay. That's a, it is. As long as you, they get the point across, it's still right. the same thing. You, even if you fuck it up super badly, there's no brewery's name close to ours. Correct. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. That's fair. The Q, the Q does it for you. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it works out. Anything with a QU combo. Yeah. QAnon? No. no. There it is. Anybody? No. Isn't there Nobody. a hand signal? No? no. Okay, good. Uh, we, we're already over our time limit. Unfortunately, we started late because of uh, Zoom technical issues. Uh, I don't want to get cut off on Facebook and YouTube, and we'll probably hang out for a few minutes afterwards, but I do want to... Uh, Say goodbye to everyone on Facebook and on YouTube and, of course, on our home station, govsradio.com. Gage, I super appreciate you being on uh, the show tonight. Uh, you know, thank God we got you on. Uh, and especially Love since the beers, you man. Yeah, man. <laughs> since you don't have to travel, it's, it's perfect. We got a cool look into uh, – well, you wouldn't have brought Nelson out to hang out with us at the studio, so I'm glad we got to see him. And, of course, we got to see your MTV Crib-style uh, background there, which is awesome. There he is. Hey, buddy. The man. Oh, he, is, he is sleeping. How old is he? <laughs> He's five and a half. Oh, so he is an older guy. All right, cool. Well trained. Right. Not a not a problem. Good around other dogs. Uh, everything. Well socialized. He's fine. Yeah. He's not great. He's fine. Okay. That's what I'm hoping for for my dog. Just fine. As fine. long as. Just as fun. long as it's fine. Right. <laughs> Um, you, again, we appreciate everyone for tuning in. Joe, uh, thanks Joe, a lot, thanks man, for, for stopping in. I actually asked Joe Gage to, uh, to come in as a mystery guest. I thought maybe he'd like come in in a mask or something, but he just blown through the, the zoom and just well, now I'm disappointed yeah. there wasn't a mask. Right. There's nothing subtle about me. Hey, that's true. <laughs> he just crashes through the wall like the Kool-Aid man. Hello. I'm Joe. Is that a fat joke? Oh, no. It was an oh, yeah joke. Oh, see how you turned that? Oh, yeah. yeah. Kids want to go have fun? Oh, yeah. You're offending me. Oh, come on. No, I'm very yeah. curious about this dog. So I want to DM when the uh, dog is in. So yes, when, when you're going to find out if every dog hates my dog. <laughs> no dogs hate your dog. Hudson's a good dog. It'll be the meadery every day. So that first week. You know how yeah. busy it would be simply the fact because I got a puppy? It Ryan and Melissa's dog at 27A uh, like growled at my fucking dog when I went in there. <laughs> so <laughs> he's apparently, 
I, it's, uh, my dog is at least two or three times the size of their dog. Huh. And he was very put off by my Hudson. That's because as soon as he walked in the dog, some dog yelled, look at this asshole. And he's like, oh, come on. I'm just trying to come hear on, with my guys. buddy. Have come some on, beer. Uh, Gage, do you, do you let Nelson taste any beer? No. No. Good man. Not, not even like a little pinky, little taste, nothing? You're really, I mean, Bad for him. Close to, objectively. Uh, but he, he's gotten spilled on. I mean, huh. Nelson, Nelson, funny enough, has been spilled on, had drinks spilled on him by more celebrities than most people will meet. Really? Wait, I want to get to the bottom of this. Who has spilled drinks on Nelson? Uh, so we lived in L.A. for a while. So hard to, you know, not run into celebrities. Right. Um, but Tim Heidecker, the comedian, uh, yeah. the actor who plays Jorge on Broad City, a bunch of people have spilled drinks on him. Huh. It's, Interesting. You know, well, that's what you get for being out in the public and being around under the tables and right, kind of hanging out. He's, very, he's a very social guy. So he's gotten plenty of booze in his life, you know? Good <laughs> for him. And I'm looking forward to the day where, we, where Pete and I can finally bring our dogs out to breweries again. And go. our children. So we have an excuse to leave without worrying nope, about... No, I know I don't want to bring... I don't want to bring the just kids. Just the dog. Just a dog. I'm just saying right now we can't do anything because everything is a head count. So hard to do that with, with kids and dogs and all that other stuff. Joe, you have uh, your outside setup, correct? Yes, sir. And you guys, what did you guys do for the, uh, the New York State food uh, issue? It's so fucking annoying. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just nutrients, man. Chips. Chips. Did no, you do chips? We're winery guys. We're classy. Yeah. We have little Sargento cheese and nut things. Oh, oh nice. we're classy. We're dollar fifty. So wait a second, my my Dude, wife that, that saw the beard post. Screams classy, Joe. <laughs> hey guys, we're a fucking winery. We're winery. I know. <laughs> I know you are, <laughs> Joe. So my wife saw the post from you said you had your New York State legitimized food, and she uh-huh. goes. What did he go? Did he go to 7 Eleven and just raid 7 <laughs> Eleven for the charcuterie? BJ's. Oh, it was BJ's. All right. Okay, I've seen those. Dude, I, got, I got fooled by Dubco's post. I Dude. saw it was like Palm Frites, $1. I'm like, I get an order of fries for a buck at Dubco? That seems great. I, I was talking to Chris about this. My, my favorite part is that they had the, the pig roast or the pina colada. Yep. They had a bunch of pineapples around. So, like the pineapple for two for market price. It was my was my favorite part of that. I'm like, too. He also did a uh, mustard and crackers, which got me because yes. it was del- like literally right from the New York State uh, guidelines as I read the rule that morning. Because we, 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 we have one of our many arrested with Greg and Gerard from Smallcraft. Yes, and we, we were talking about handing out fucking mustard sandwiches to people. <laughs> Just, mustard to here. Here's cheese mustard and crackers. Sandwich. But I, I saw the uh, the post from uh, from Paula Ghost was uh, just without saying like this is how we're getting around this silly rule. It was this is how you're getting around the silly rule. You order as a group and order one food item. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I'm like start a tab. That's it. That's the key. You have yeah. to start a tab. tab. You're good. So because this is supposed to be per transaction, and if they order you, you have to go back and prove that this person bought a couple things. Like you start a fucking tab. And get one dollar fifty fucking cheese thing, and we're good. Right. Like, don't don't make this harder on us. So I, I, Pete and I were discussing on the phone for uh, at length what 
the idea was behind this. And again, we're, we're four minutes out before we get cut off. So I just want to wrap that up quickly. Um, the idea makes sense. I, I get what, what we're trying to do here, but for the breweries to be held to that just seemed a little silly in that you're just saying, here's a loophole. You can guys get around this. Yeah. And why even make it applicable to the breweries? What would it, be the it, reasoning? It was, it was sprung on us Thursday night. Right. And it, yeah. it, it came oh, into effect. Yeah. Welcome to the weekend, Friday guys. morning. The reasoning is, so yeah. there's not a, it, it is alcohol service, right? So right. Like that, because there, there, are, there are plenty of different, uh, you know, subsets of uh, alcohol serving businesses that the state could get into the weeds about. But what you, what, what Joe can do, what we can do, what is like easy is working around it in the context of chips or a sandwich for the table. But what it makes very difficult or prevents is these, like the, the bar in Williamsburg, in Williamsburg or LIC, who's just having a club. Yeah, yeah I saw that. Because the, the, now they can justify busting those people. Right. And, and they, they I saw. Pretending to play by the rules. I saw in there like something saying bottle service. So I get that concept. I saw that bottle service and I'm like, oh, they're, that's what they're going after. Those places that are really trying to pack in a club indoors right. and not really try to go by the rules, which I get. But I, I felt like it could have been distinguished a little better saying, okay, breweries, wineries, cideries, meateries, they could do what they have to do. But then the clubs they or bars, they really have to you know obey by the rules. Otherwise, we're going to come down hard on It was just them. easier for them to take the SLA to be like, Hey, everyone with a liquor license has to do this. Right. Instead of saying, you're okay, you're not okay, you're good, like divide up. It's just easier for them to say, you all have to do this. Right. It's not, it's, it, the, it's not intended to be a rule that does anything good. It's a rule that's easily enforceable. So for, for, the, for the sake of, we want, to, we want to say we're doing something. Public safety. Before we become California again. <laughs> right, exactly. And they, I mean, even the, there's so many like little pieces like the outdoor seating, you know, you, if you're putting up a temporary structure that you have to, they decided at like 8 PM one night, okay, tomorrow it needs to be flush with the ground or yep. to uh, level it. Really? When did that come out? La- uh, early last week. Really? Early last week. Maybe. Oh, I didn't see that yeah, one. It, it, it could only have two walls. Uh, it whole thing couldn't be walled off. Removable slash removed every night, even mm-hmm. though you, that's fucking impossible. <laughs> it's like they're, they're just setting out these, you know, carte blanche, everybody rules so mm-hmm. that they can enforce it for the people who are fucking up. Right. So they're really not trying to go after you guys, but they, they're just putting it out there so they can enforce the rules more well, properly. I, I do know okay. that this past, and Joey knows uh, this past weekend, they, SLA was out on the island and they mm-hmm. were checking. They were going in three at a time. And they would all order drinks and not want food. Mm-hmm. Or they would just be looking if people were standing at the bar that mm. should have been social distancing. Mm. So they are checking. They are in the area. They are on, they're, they're out and about. But And it's, it's almost surprising how much manpower is going into this. That's, that's a lot of people to go out and do those spot it's, checks across the It's a cash grab. It's, is it's it though? It's a cash grab. For who though? For that. They, they're going to start finding people like, well, because they're not making any tax revenue because there's nothing, yeah, no, that, no that, economy that. left. So Chris from Dubgo, again, you want the Chris guy, I talk to him the most, mm-hmm. turned away five people at, at least on Saturday who wouldn't buy a $1, a 
a $1 food item. Come on, just buy the dollar food item. That's not just the SLA going for them. That's also people who like, you know, refuse to do something because it's of any inconvenience to them. Right, exactly. But at that point, buy the dollar chips for Christ's sake. And and you don't know that guy. You don't know that's not the SLA too. Right. Right. And as a bartender or as a, as an owner, $10,000 fine because you won't take a dollar bag of chips. Then you you lose out on the $30 tab. Big deal. And we're doing our best to, right. to try to make this as cheap and inconvenient as possible because we have to. Right. But it's not like I'm making you buy a seven dollar fucking food right, item. Right, right, right. Just we're trying to make chips. Dollar, like we're trying to we're we're trying to make ourselves, uh, you know, compliant with the fact that we're trying to make this as cheap as we can for you. Exactly. It's it's hard enough for everybody right now. We're, we're trying. Everyone's trying their best, and we're trying to all stay within the rules to abide by the rules, so we can continue on with a, a sense of normalcy as best that can be. Yes. Joe, uh, give us the big plug about WA Meatworks. Uh, um, well, our, t- our new production facility should be up and running by the end of, by the end of September. Mm-hmm. So we'll be able to get stuff in distribution. That's, that's like our main goal right now. Our, our 10, with 10 mile unis are coming. We bought a, a small canning line. Mm. Yeah. We're like, we're gonna get what canning uh, line do you have? We got actually, we actually got a small tabletop go- wild goose. Oh, the gosling? Yeah. Let me know how that goes. Yeah. I can't wait. But everyone else got the same idea too, so we're not getting until November. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because it wasn't a hundred, it wasn't a hundred grand. So like, oh, this is affordable. We can do this. Right. It, I mean, it looks awesome. Like it looks, it looks super cool. So we, yes, yeah, so we bought, so we bought one. And give us the big plug on social media. Where can people find WA Meadworks and get in contact uh, I think with you? WA Meadworks on Instagram, on Facebook. Uh, I guess. See, okay. marketing is not my thing. No. <laughs> I'm really good at talking to you when you come into the tasting room. Indeed. Uh, Gage, uh, so you got a lot of things coming up. You got three beers coming uh, in the next few weeks. Um, where can people, uh, for one, uh, follow you on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and of course, where do you think uh, when these beers are released, we're going to be able to find them? Sure. So follow us at non sequitur beer, wherever you like to do following. We're easy enough, as long as you can spell sequitur. Um, but there's not a lot of competition for <laughs> That's that. That's not me. That leaves me out. Yeah. So, uh, not even close yeah. as if I needed to be. Listen, Sorry. Yeah, if you get as far as S-E-Q, I think you'll find it. You're done. That. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Uh, you got it. And then we've, uh, so we're packaging those three beers next week. We nice. will be releasing them Saturday, uh, August 1st at Keg and Lantern Red Hook. We'll be there all day. Uh, and then by the following week, they will see statewide distribution all Ooh. the way up to Buffalo. Wow. Um, so if, you're, if your shop has had it, they will probably get it. That nice. would be my assessment, uh, especially if you're closer to the city. My, we'll, we're going to do a little bit of allocating so that enough remains in the city this time. But if they've gotten it, they'll get it. They'll probably get it again. If you send some out to Andrew at Hicksville, uh, let us he'll know. Get it. Yeah, he'll Andrew get it. Will get right. it. Um, I'm sorry, Andrew. Yes. Uh, Hopscotch. Also, I know he's your buddy. There we yeah. go. Yeah. Again, those guys are the best too. Yeah, I, I, was actually text, I was actually texting Mark during this. Oh, were you? Yeah, yeah. He, yeah me and Mark he, he messaged me earlier when he saw the Lupo Max post that I made today, and he was like, "Yo, gimme." <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like Mark. Yeah, I, I want all that. Mark made a trip well, a few weeks like, ago. Hey, man, thank he, you for giving me beer. Yeah. Thank you for allowing me to sell your sell your product. 
That's Mark. He's the yeah. nicest guy in the world. Mark, Mark did a, uh, a New York State like travel tour. Every other week, he would go up and just travel to any breweries he could and bring them back. So he would have it for the customers down here that didn't want to make the trip or didn't have a brewery that was shipping statewide and made it part of his, his mantra, his, his morals of the, of the bottle shop. And there's not too many here on Long Island. So for us, that's, that's our one-stop shop. He seems like a great guy. I, I know that he like, yes. he's new-ish, but yeah. I mean, that's just, that's the difference maker. If you, everybody can get beer that's locally distributed, but if you take advantage of the fact that it's made in New York state so it can be sold in New York state, mm -hmm. that's a huge differentiator. It's great for everybody. Great for the local breweries. There's so many great breweries across New York state who just aren't going to get down to you. Yep. Exactly. So that's awesome that he does that. It's a, it's a win-win for everybody, especially around us where it's, he's 10 minutes away <laughs> and on my way home from work. There you go. Uh, this is the world we like to peak. GovsRay.com. Thanks for everyone for checking in. Uh, of course, Simone. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> I, I, leave him out. This word. He's so quick to pick up on the fact that I, I'm going to say NPS because that's the easiest way to do it instead of it really saying is. three names in a row. NPS. The word with NPS. Mike, Pete, and Steve. Um, so again, check out uh, Non Sequitur on their Instagram. Of course. SEQ will get you right to where you need to go <laughs> and you can find out all the latest releases. Uh, also, uh, I guess even beer menus will kind of redirect you to where his beer is being sold. And of course, uh, we want to thank everyone on Facebook, on YouTube, and of course on our home station, govsradio.com for tuning in. Uh, go ahead, Steve, last words. Say no to caprophagy. I, what the, sure. yep. what is and, that? And, and yep. And each one of you guys owns dogs, and Joe, you're going to own one real soon. Um, caprophagy is when dogs eat their own crap. So, oh, no. Oh, my oh, dog no. doesn't do that. Say uh, no to it. No. Don't. Fair enough. <sighs> Fair enough. But thanks for putting that in my head. Yeah. <laughs> now I got to worry about it. Well, now I'm going to go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Pete, last words? What do you got? Don't forget to have your uh, pet spayed or neutered, whether or not it eats its own shit. Yeah, yeah exactly. This is the word with Mike, Pete, and Steve. GovsRadio.com. We out. Well, that's two hours of your life that you'll never get back. Are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah. Please hang up and try again. This has been The Words on Govs Radio. I hope you're drunk enough.